Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Scream, it's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip Hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, yep, 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 yep. Friday, Friday, happy Friday. It's a Friday edition of the Taz Show. Uh, Good moment, uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to all. This is what I used to say to open the show. I didn't, uh, I did not used to do the good moment thing. And then when uh, Johnson uh, kind of gave us the the good moment, uh, we went with that for a long time. I I almost think I want to change it back. I'm tired of the good moment, I think. I think I'm going to go back to uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whatever you're doing. That's what I used to say. It's not as succinct as two words, but it's wordy. It's okay, because I'm here for the next two hours, so I can be wordy. Uh, so welcome to the Taz Show. If you're listening live at TazShow.com, thank you. Or maybe you're watching live at TazShow.com, because we're shooting live video today, so thank you for that. Maybe you are listening to the podcast version on the um, Radio.com app. You could do that. Or on iTunes, or Spotify, or TuneIn. So I appreciate all the love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, looking forward to this episode here. I'm going to get into, because we have a special guest on this particular episode. So that's going to be great. I'll tell you about that in a second. First, I'm going to tell you the phone number here. It's 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. So yeah, if you want to call the show, you can. I'm going to chat up a little NFL. going to chat up some college football. Uh, so basically that's a spitballing with sports type of thing going on. I'm going to give some thoughts on a, uh, well, a big name leaves impact wrestling and I'm going to chat that up a little bit here. Uh, but first I want to say, uh, we're going to have a special guest and I'm looking forward to speaking to this young lady. Her name is Madison rain. That's right. Madison rain will be on the Taz show, uh, here today. So very much looking forward uh, to talking to a five-time knockout champion, two-time knockout tag team champion, uh, former TNA knockout. So she is by far a top free agent right now in women's wrestling uh, with her work as of recent. uh, Well, she's going to be wrestling Deanna Perrazzo in November here soon uh, uh, for Ring of Honor, which is uh, pretty cool. I think that's November 19th, I believe. Dennis, November 19th we're talking here, right, for uh, Madison versus Deanna? That's going to be pretty big. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, OKC, as they call it. That's going to go down there. So we'll talk to her about that. Also, Madison, uh, she uh, recently was at the WWE uh, Performance Center and training there and doing some stuff with WWE. So I want to just talk to her. She's been everywhere. She's been everywhere. And obviously, her her history and current of, uh, well, the stuff she's done more recent, not current, with with TNA, Impact Wrestling. So a lot to talk about with Madison Rain. She'll be on later on. Also later on, we'll be on Facebook Live. So uh, that, that'll be at facebook.com slash the Taz Show. Not now, later, we'll be on there. So that should be uh, that should be epic. People love when we're on Facebook Live. They get to come on and act like assholes. So And I act like assholes with them. So um, so that's great. And uh, speaking of assholes, uh, how is the team in the Gimmick Clubhouse? Uh, Dennis, you go first. Biz Dev Guy 
audio producer extraordinaire, you, the bearded chunkster. What's going on, a lumberjack? Uh, great intro, as always. It's it's good to see you. I'm doing well. You actually well. look a little cleaned up today. You look, what, you got a meeting? You got a, you, you're leaving? You got a new job lined up? You look like you actually uh, showered up a little bit. No, I have a, um, I have a lunch date, but I have several lunch dates, so... Oh, wait a minute now. So is this a, remember when you did the uh, the dating, what do you call it, the speed dating? Speed dating, yeah, this that is, was a lot of fun. Is this, is this speed lunch dating in New York City? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, there's there's nobody else present. It's just me jumping around to a bunch of different places. You trying to speak to strange women. So like <laughs> women that are at lunch with each other, two women or three women yes, talking, yes. you try to sit with them and say, hey guys, what's going on? I'm Dennis Jones. You know, I'm a more? Yeah. Can I nice get some of my... Can I put some of my bread in that olive oil? I mean, you know, yeah, I understand. I understand. That's so. That's your version of speed dating. Got it. Okay, we're in the final stages Stump of the groin. upper respiratory. We are in the final stages of the upper respiratory uh, cold, sinus infection, whatever I have. Uh, we're in the final stages. I've been uh, working on this. Uh, I had a team of doctors working cool. with me. That's November uh, so the 19th, nasal, Dennis, November 19th, nasal tones that I have will be here for the rest of the show a little bit, but by Monday it should be gone. So there's your update on that. Um, Anthony, uh, video producer extraordinaire, was shooting live video today. You are producing it. How's everything in the control room, sir? It's good. It's good. I had to get Rover under control. I fed him, and now he's just farting up a storm. Okay, for those that don't know, OKC is the mascot of the cash. So we'll talk to her about that. Also, Madison, uh, she obviously was at the WWE Performance Center. What is that? What's going on? What was that? I don't know. What was that, Dennis? So is this a, remember when you did the dating? Oh, hold on. My mic was My God. What just happened? Take that out of the podcast. I had the wrong well, podcast. I heard myself. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing echoes. What's going on? Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that was just. <laughs> that's just me being Dude, an idiot. This, this is. How long have you been the producer of this show? How long? Uh, a couple months. Exactly. So, so a long time. It, it definitely. <laughs> it's got to be over. It's got to be a couple hundred shows. No less than that for you. Uh, yeah, I was definitely around for the 300th, and we're approaching 500. So at least I'm getting close to 200 shows, if not if uh, if I haven't hit it already. Haas, when are you going to get this right? By episode 500. You need, to, you need to be more ambitious in life. Seth tells me this all the time about you. Uh, Dennis is going to fail in life. He don't try hard enough. Tells well, me all the time. I asked him to be like a you 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 know the program uh, Big Brother that like well, they I'm they mentor. A fan of Big no, not the TV show. I know you're a huge fan of the TV show. There's a uh, there's like a program where it's it's um, Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah, yeah, that types. I asked Seth to be my Big Brother. I needed a mentor in life, and he was like, "Nope, you're a lost cause." <laughs> Thanks, Seth. All right, so uh, I had a football game last night. Um, we had the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I watched the game. It was uh, a good NFC battle. Uh, you know, Seahawks is, uh, is one of my teams. That's my NFC team. So I was rooting for the Seahawks. They were wearing these insanely bright green, just crazy colored green. We've seen them wear this before. Color Rush Jones. We saw the Cardinals were in all black and red. That was cool, too. But anyway, bottom line is I thought it was a good game. 
Um, I fell asleep towards the in the fourth quarter because I get up early for work here. But it was uh, 22-16. The Seahawks were victorious. Quarterback Russell Wilson, uh, number uh, three, 238 yards, two touchdowns. Jimmy Graham, tight end, Seahawks, formerly of the Saints. Jimmy Graham caught both touchdowns. He is just a big man. Basketball Jones, he just reaches over these defensive backs like it's nobody's business. For the Cardinals, the extraordinary uh, wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, had 10 receptions, 113 yards. He is just so legit. He's so consistent and legit, such a pro. It's a joy watching this guy play wide receiver. He um, he don't play games, dude. He don't he don't get into bickering and jaw jacking. He is all business. He don't care what you say or do to him. He just wants to catch the ball. And my man is double covered. They got the best D back on him all the time. And somehow, somewhere, he manages to get ten receptions against a legitimate defense in the Seahawks. How impressive is that, dude? Seriously, crazy. I mean, it's not even impressive anymore because he's been doing it for... It's like he's just the model of consistency. Like, year in, year out. Oh, uh, well, AP, formerly at the Vikes, uh, the Adrian Peterson. Oof, not a good day. 21 carries for under 30 yards. And a fumble. His first carry was a fumble. It was almost like it shot out of his bicep. It's like, poof, the ball just went flying. You see that? First carry. It just, whoop, right on the turf. It went crazy fast, too. I don't know what happened there. Former Jet D defensive lineman there. What's his name? Uh, mate was playing pretty good. He got hurt, though. Sheldon Richardson? Is that his name? Yeah, Richardson, right? Is that his name? He's on Sheldon. the Seahawks now? Uh, yeah, he's a, a defensive lineman, number 91. I'm pretty sure. Check the uh, the, the, the roaster. Uh, the rooster. Yeah, no, uh, Sheldon Richardson. Is that? Yeah, because I always confused him with the other big D lineman. Yeah, the Jets the back. Yes, right? Sheldon Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he number 91? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm a stud. I'm just a stud. Spitball sports. This is what I do. I cover it the right way. You said yes, a little confused. Like, well, maybe I should tell Taz he is 91, but he's really not. No, he is. I, I got bad eyes. So the Dallas Cowboys running back, Zeke Elliott, you know, this just been back and forth. This has just been crazy. Okay, so uh, Elliott's suspension upheld again after court denies the motion. Okay, we'll start serving a six-game suspension Sunday versus Atlanta. So this goes to show you that the Roger, the commissioner of the NFL, he is just head honcho Jones. He gets it done. You know, I don't say gets it done. Many people are not fans of his, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of his either. But you cross this guy somehow, some way, he's going to get you. Right or wrong? <laughs> He's like an old-time Western you. sheriff. <laughs> You'll get what's coming to you, boy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Patriots claim uh, tight end Mar- Martellus Bennett. You know, uh, this, this guy was getting ready to retire before the season even started you know, from the Packers. So, of course, everybody's like, oh, oh the Pats got him now. Oh, he's going like, to be great now. You know, he, he played for the Pats last year, and he got a ton of yards and touchdowns. I know. Dude, it's twilight of his career. You know, the Pats, the Pats do this. I think they, they do this just as a headline now. Just just to get guys that were, like, you know, top guy. Oh, he's back. Stop. I don't sweat this, dude. I don't sweat it. Watch him turn around now on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'd be, I'd be a little more down. nervous than just a, nah, nah, let him go. Yeah. Dude, I'm not worried. The guy was going to retire. That means the passion is gone. 
Doesn't mean the athleticism isn't, though. The athleticism matches with the passion. You need the passion. You can't just have the athleticism. Stop it. Please. You're a high school athlete. You, your highest level was high school sports, sir. Please, you shouldn't even be allowed to talk to me. You're not even near my level in life. Pick your head up. Don't hang your head in Oh, I told you. Oh, you're going to hand. Like falling asleep. Oh, why? Because I'm... Hand, what's up? What's up, dude? Don't call me dude, dude. I'm, I'm not sorry. one of your friends. Sir. You know, in the bar, you know, you know, really. Captain. You know, eating oh, Captain, my drinking Captain. Beers. Don't, 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 don't call me dude, okay? I just called you Captain. I took it back. Don't call me Captain because he's working a show. But you, you are this, the captain of this team. You give us no, a I'm the general. I'm the general. Fair. You sell car insurance? All right, you guys are done today now. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, so, so there you go. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of the, some of the chatter that's going on in the NFL. Uh, also, I just want to get some sports stuff out of the way and give some wrestling talks. I got to talk wrestling. Or I'm going to get yelled at you know, by everybody. <clears throat> so I heard the Collinsworth and the Mike Tirico. By the way, I don't mind Tirico. So I, I gave a little breakdown. Uh, was it what day was that when I talked about sportscasters, uh, Dennis? Last week. I say that was two days ago. Yeah, Monday? and I was a little tough on some. I was a little tough on some of them, right? A little bit, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, you were. Yeah. And, uh, well, Tariko, I never brought up. I, I like Tariko. I like Tariko. Syracuse grad. I like Tariko. I think he's very good. I do. I don't mind Tariko. He doesn't grate on my nerves. Okay? So I could deal with Collinsworth a lot better when he's with Tariko. But that Sunday team, oh, man, when uh, Albert, uh, not Albert, what's his name? Uh, uh, drawing a blank. Old timer Jones, uh, NBC million million dollar man, the Vegas Jones. What's his name? Brett Musburger. Oh, NBC uh, guy on Sunday Al nights. Michaels? Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Oh, not a fan. I didn't want to. I bring told him up again. you, people. I want you to, Dennis. I'm talking. I want you people to pay attention, and Dennis, you too. When Sunday comes and the Sunday night football game happens, I don't care who's playing. Listen to how Michaels refers to the referees. It's always the last name. I talked about this, didn't I? That you it did. drives me crazy. I hate it. Oh, uh, Semitor's got it. Let's see what he says here. Let's see what. Uh, let's see what McDonald has to say. Oh, Davis is going to say this now. Stop it, Al. Last name, like they work for you, but these guys are underemployment to you. Egomaniac. I hate people with arrogance and egos. Makes me sick. Ha! So Tariko and uh, you know uh, Chris Collinsworth, you know they, they were talking about NBC. They're going to start utilizing the uh, Skycam, uh, utilize its dual Skycam for for main viewing uh, for the Titan Steelers Week Eleven on Thursday night. So that's next Thursday, right? Week Eleven, yeah. Since we're just getting on the Week Ten now. So I have some thoughts on this whole Skycam thing. First and foremost. You people do not realize where this is hacked from. Does anybody realize where this is hacked from? I do. Tell me. That would be the XFL. That's right. That's exactly right. They hacked this from Vince, okay, and the XFL because that's where it started. And they had never, ever, ever, ever given credit. Now, they've been doing Skycam in college football and pro football. This is not some new thing. This has been going on for several years. You know what I mean? This is not new. I like it. As far as making it the, the hard sh shot or primary, as they're telling you, you know, average people, I'm in the business, so I understand that's, you know, 
I'm in the business. That's my new thing. I'm in the business, so I understand how it's done. So I, I don't want to see the sky cam as a primary shot. I don't think that's good. I think that's going to get on your nerves a little bit. I don't want to feel like I'm watching a football game from a helicopter because that's what this is going to feel like. No, you're with video Brian in a giant fucking drone watching a football game. That's basically what's going to happen here. I don't want that. I'd like the shot, the main shot, to be from the uh, from the stadium like you always do, the hard camera shot, just like they shoot wrestling. And then you go to the sky cam a lot, that's fine. Go to it a little more. Ha, I get it. I get it. Don't make it the primary shot. Don't. It's going to suck. It's going to suck ass. I'm telling you. Dennis, you're a football fan. So is Ant. Are you guys into this whole thing? I actually completely disagree with you. I'm a huge fan of the Sky Cam. It gives you that uh, that all 22 feel when you watch, like if you watch film, you want that from the quarterback's perspective, but from a, a higher up vantage point. Yeah. So you can see, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, from a quarterback's perspective, if the quarterback is 11 feet tall, yeah. Brock Osweiler. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I like it though, because because I mean, you're a defensive guy. I'm a defensive guy. You get to see the defense, like you get to see the secondary rotate. You get to see what kind of coverages they're in, what the line's doing up front, what kind of stunts they're running. You get you get all the X's and O's. It's really letting you it's, deep it's, in. It's the Tash Show, is gentlemen, with Tony Romo as my audio producer. Here we go, Tony Romo. My okay. back hurts. I gotta go. Well, he just ran a Texas route. You know, he probably should have uh, ran, ran the, the handback into the flat. Uh, you know, yeah, please. Yeah. My audience are wrestling fans. They don't care about football. Especially when you start trying to act like you start giving us, because you, you just watch scout video on Newberg. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't need, uh, you know. <laughs> Monroe would have won if I was still there. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that cold so I, I i i hear what you're saying the sky cam you can see everything i know that but bro the whole game like the bunch of the game like it's gonna get annoying all right listen hey Ant, what about you you're a big bronco fan you're a football fan what's your thoughts on this um i'm not really a fan of it it's cool if they go to it a couple times a game but i like i like the regular cam that they have now when they said that last night i was like ah, i don't know how i feel about this that's right. Well, you're a video guy. So you're in the business. And see, Dennis, Dennis is not in the business. You and I are in the business. Indeed. I learned from you. All right. All right. So the other thing I was talking about with this football, you know, was the referees. I had a little, I put a poll out there. Dennis, maybe you can read the poll. There was some poll I put out last night watching the game about these referees. And I had this epiphany that, um, you know what? There's a lot of penalties in this game. And just about every game, Especially NFL games you watch, there's so many penalties. And I'm feeling like these referees, they are the co-star of these fucking football games. Let's be frank. They really are. They are and they are on camera a bulk of the game. A bulk of the game. Here's the main problem I have. Two of them. One, it slows down the game immensely because the amount of penalties. Two... These guys, these refs, these lead refs, they're controlling their on cameras. They could tell their girlfriend or their wife, hey, honey, bad. Uh, around 9 p.m., put on the TV. I'm going to be on. And he can look at his watch while a place happens, fall flag, and he knows he's going to be on camera. 
This guy controls how much he's on camera. That's unbelievable. Therefore, they're throwing flags left and right with their tight shirts and their fucking soft biceps and lack of tricep and deltoid uh, shape. And they want to act like they're jacked up. Oh, the ref. Look at that ref. Look at this ref. Yeah, they got no fucking legs. They got tank top bodies, all of them. But they just train their arms all Major League Baseball season, getting ready for the NFL season so their arms look big. I got to wear my tight underwear with the stripes. I'll look lean because it's vertical. And I can control my own cameras. What a crock of shit. Poor Madison Rain. She's probably listening to the show and watching right now like, oh, Lord, I know Taz a long time. I got to go on there with this guy. Don't worry, Madison. I, I won't, um, you know, as long as we don't talk about football, I'll be okay here. Madison, it's okay. And I'm a gentleman. So. Dennis, do you, you understand me that these guys can control their on cameras? I mean, you never thought of that. A control, like, that's, I feel like you're going too deep in the conspiracy theory well here. First of all, <laughs> Sonny, uh, <laughs> I, I, listen. My conspiracy theories never end, okay? They get deeper and deeper daily, okay? I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a work. I'm just telling you that, look, is it not, is, yes or no? If the referee, right here, right here, right here, if the referee wants to be on TV at 9.40 p.m. Eastern during a game that he's, he's the head, can he control being on TV at that exact he moment? Abs- he absolutely can. All he's got to do, uh, receivers running the route. He knows the ref knows it's getting close to time. He pulls out his fucking cell phone, looks at what time it is. All right, throws the flag, and he's on camera. It's the truth. What's the poll? Read the poll. Read the poll I put out. Watch what people are telling you. Watch. The poll states: Do you want to see them eliminate the referees on camera for every penalty? The two choices were. I love refs, parentheses, no. And then the other choice was refs suck, parentheses, yes. And in a whopping 67% to 33%, refs suck, yes, won by a landslide. And you know this because we've established yesterday with Pat McGroin, uh, our politician, that you're a suck man. So you understand when someone sucks. Uh, I mean, are we sure about that? Would you be my suck guy? That's what Pat said to you. I'm just saying. I mean, it was kind of awkward, but uh, but I digress. So yeah, so these refs, they are controlling not just the game, that they're controlling their fame. People, no one's going to tell you this. I'm the person that lets you all in on what's really going on on television. Do you not get it? Everybody throws flags at the wrestling business. It's a work. It's fake. No, everything else is fake. All bullshit. Then I got people telling me on social media, all right, well, what would you put on camera if it's not the refs? I have no problem. You want to throw a flag? Throw a flag. Tell these referees that uh, we're killing you on cameras. There'll be a fucking outrage by these guys. You think I'm kidding? There'd be an outrage. Well, what, what do you mean? And you watch. You kill those on cameras. Watch how less penalties there'll be in these big-time primetime games. I, I guarantee it. Guarantee it. <laughs> guarantee it. Guarantee it. People think I'm nuts. That's fine. You can think I'm nuts all you want. Guarantee you there will not be uh, as many penalties. And someone on social media is like, oh, well, what are you going to show on camera? Oh, you're talking to someone in the, in the business? Did we not establish, Dennis, I'm in the business, the TV business? 
You are in the biz. Okay. I, and like I tweeted back at this guy, there's about 10 zillion other things that you could shoot that's better than some old-time referee with flabby biceps. Don't need to see that. Shoot the players. Do an ISO shot on a coach, okay? Or 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 someone maybe got injured earlier, and the trainers are talking. Talk about the trainer. Give me a backstory. And then when the referee announces the penalty, we we hear it. Think of wrestling. Think of WWE. Just about. Not every time. The bulk of the time, the ring announcer, not the people at the desk, the ring announcer, he's the announcer or she's the announcer in the ring, announcing the people's names, height, uh, not height, their names and their weight, their body weight. You very rarely see them. Right or wrong? Dennis, yes, no? Correct. Okay. That's by design. Okay. The announcers at the desk, you very rarely see them. The guy, the, the guys and girls that are ring announcers in the ring, when they announce, coming down the ring, uh, coming down, uh, whatever, coming out uh, now, uh, introducing whatever, you know, weighing 220 pounds from from Newark, New Jersey, you know, Bobby Rodenkog, you know, whatever, you know, Bob Sacramento. I mean, you know, it's like no one else talks in the production. The announcers, the color commentators, and the play by play guys, they say nothing. They lay out. They say nothing. They give the audio floor, the audio floor, not video, audio floor to the ring announcer. And that's what you need to do in football. <laughs> when the ref throws a flag and he announces the penalty, we don't need to see him go like this. Uh, first down. I know it's first down. There's a lower third that says it. I don't need to see your finger and you trying to flex your fucking flabby arm. Stop it. Dennis, I've been waiting to get this out since last night. I'm I sorry. Tell, man. man, that was pure passion. Yeah, you don't believe in me. I can hear when you say man. I can tell man. Don't call me man either. Or I'll do English man on you. I liked English man. Rastaman. Yeah. I know you like my idea. We don't need to see them. We just hear them. I'm all in favor of cutting down the NFL to make it as streamlined as possible. So if you can eliminate the refs uh, making penalty calls, run 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 of those, um, like have the refs in one box, have a two box, have the refs in one, and run like an ad in another to keep things moving. What are you talking about an ad? Like, a, sponsor? Uh, like a 15-second like commercial quick. Just churn them out. Yeah, I mean, we need to hear them. I mean, if they, you know, they're going to announce a penalty, we got to go to break here in a second. If they're going to announce a penalty, you got to hear them. I have no problem hearing them. You know what I mean? Ant, <laughs> Ant's got but, an but, idea you know. he wants to uh, he wants to share. All right, then I got to go to break. What's your idea, Ant? No, I'm glad you said this because watching the games this weekend, there's so many times where they show the ref but not the actual penalty, so like you don't actually even see what happened. Like it, it was the wrong call because they are protecting the refs. Well, 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 slow down. You're getting excited because I'm letting you talk. We, we say it a little slower so I can understand. You're overmodulating. Say it again. Well, like I was saying, like this weekend, there were so many games I watched where there'd be a penalty and they show the ref make the call, but they never actually show you the play. So you don't know if the ref was wrong or not. Uh, good point. Good point. That's a very good point. You know why they can't show the play yet? Because they're too busy showing you the 75-year-old ref with the flabby triceps. That's why. I have to fill myself in.
We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to break here. Other side of break, I'll take some phone calls. James Storm, no longer worth Impact Wrestling. I will discuss this on the other side of break. Taz Show Friday edition. Little while we have the great Madison Rain will be here on the Taz Show. Sit tight. Back here, Friday edition. We'll have uh, Madison Rain coming up shortly here in a Taz show in a little while. Uh, Going to get into some chatter about, well, James Storm. No longer with uh, Impact Wrestling. Got some stuff to say about that. But first, I'm going to tell you the support for the Taz show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage. My Quicken Loans. You know Rocket Mortgage, baby. You're damn right. Okay, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. The best part about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is that it's very simple, very easy to use. We've had fans of the Taz Show call in live on air and talk about how awesome their experience is and was with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision for yourself and your family. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. And to get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. I was looking on Twitter, and this guy uh, posted a picture about pizza. Dennis, I don't know if you saw this or Anthony. I- I'm a little disturbed. Uh, uh, by what my man did here. I, I got to be honest, uh, a little disturbed. Um, let me find this thing here. I I, I ended up uh, sending a tweet back at this guy. I mean, he's a he's a regular fan of the Taz show, no hate on the guy. And he's a supposed New Yorker. Uh, I'm a little confused on this thing before I get into talking some stuff that really matters, not pizza. Um, you know, he, he, he uh, Marty from Watertown. I, I know this guy. He, he tweets a lot at the show. He, you know, he's might have called in the past. He goes, uh, uh, pizza face-off, New York pizza versus Chicago pizza. And he tags you, Dennis. He tags Anthony and myself. <sighs> and I had to kind of reply back at homeboy and say, yeah, 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 look it, look it. Yeah. That that pizza right there, like, that's not real New York pizza in that photo, dude. That looks like something out like Jersey or Philly or Maryland. You see that? That's flatbread pizza. Dude, what is that? It's like that's something like- for pizza. Yeah, I was gonna say Domino. That's oh, I'm not gonna plug sponsors, but it's a food. It's a chain. I got called to the office yesterday for the yeah. plug at the test. No, and, and uh, Watertown. Watertown's in New York, and like you said, Marty's a, a loyal. I can't. I can't believe what I'm looking at right now. Listen to me. Watertown's not New York. Okay, it's not. I, I know it is, but it's not. It's technically in the state of New York. You're one of those guys where if you're above, <laughs> like, well, you're... I'm, not really, I'm a Buffalo Bill fan, and because I'm a, not the only NFL New York team, all the Buffalo Bills. If they were the Watertown Bills, eh, I'd probably be a Watertown Bills fan now. <laughs> Breaking news: The Bills just moved to Watertown. What? No, imagine the Bills moved to Newburgh. The Newburgh Bills. You can't root for them then. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Quit the show. 
Uh, sorry, Taz, I got to go. Oh. <laughs> so I got some thoughts on a lot of stuff, and I'm going to get to it shortly here. Uh, oh, well, it's got to be a Friday before football because guess who's on the hook from Alabama? Noah. Noah, you're on the Taz show. What's going on, boss? Hey, what's going on, Taz? Hi, right, buddy. Still number one in the land. Well, oh, you're number two, sir. Two, two, my friend. Number two. Georgia may be number one, but if you think about it, Bama should be number one. It's tough to argue. It's tough to argue. You guys don't lose. But, you know, um, I told you about Georgia a while back. You knew about Georgia. They're legit. I mean, they're they're Joe, so. They're not walking out of Auburn tomorrow. Well, I don't know. I have I might have a little bit of a different thought on that than you, my friend. I just don't see Georgia beating Auburn on the road. It, it's up in the air. It, I think this game could go either way, and I don't expect it to be a one-sided game by any means. But in the past, Auburn has found a way to sneak out of a game with Georgia. I am. I would planned on getting into my foot by and uh, my college football chatter later on after we speak with Madison Rain. Uh, but I will tell you, I, this was one of the things that I had this game highlighted because I do think Georgia wins. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not hung up on the rankings. Or they got, you know, obviously Georgia's one and Auburn's like ten, a ten or eleven, whatever they are. I don't get hung up in that. I just I've watched Georgia play enough. I watched Auburn play once this year. I I believe in Georgia. I really do. So, but we'll see. So, are you rooting for Auburn? An Alabama guy rooting for Auburn? Uh, yeah. Ah. Yep. Really? You know, I, I don't fully oh, hate oh, Auburn as no, much. No, as no. no, stop. You've called the show for a long time. I want to make sure I understood what you just said to me. You are rooting for Auburn? I am. I am that. Dennis, is this not shocking or what? Yeah. Uh, you can't. You, there is no excuse to root for Auburn unless it directly benefits Alabama, Noah. And right now they don't. If Alabama wins out, they're in the playoffs. No harm, no foul. Noah, Noah, uh, you've heard that I really am not a big fan of the New England Patriots, right? You've heard this, right? Every week. A long time, right? So <laughs> I would never root for the Pats in any game, ever. I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't root for them if it meant my team, if they won, my team gets into like the AFC Championship, some crazy shit. I, I just can't. I can't. It's not in me. I am shocked that you, a Crimson Tide lover, an Alabama native, are rooting for Auburn. Wow. Big reason, they beat Georgia, and it's, it's been done. When Auburn first got into the rankings, they got big heads about it, went to LSU, and choked. They beat Georgia, get big heads about it. Alabama comes in, 49 owes them. I don't know, brother. Well, you guys both have same record in conference. I mean, you're different conference. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're there east, you're west. You guys are 6-0, they're 6-0, Georgia. Uh, you guys overall 9-0, and overall Alabama is 9-0. Now, Auburn, they got, uh, they're got 5-1 in conference, and they're 7-2 overall. Um, I don't know, my man. I, I just think Georgia walks out with the victory. I mean, I'll be thinking of you during this game, by the way. I will be thinking of you. I'm telling you, because I'm going to watch this game. And uh, and it's interesting uh, I, 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 that you're rooting for them. That's all I'm saying. Now, you are just looking past 
going to play the Bulldogs in Mississippi State, right? You're just like, no big deal, right? Uh, I'm not saying no big deal to it because we are going to Starkville, and it's always a fight when Bama goes to Starkville. But I I do expect it by the fourth quarter, Mississippi State's going to have nothing left, and then Alabama can do what they do best in the second half, and that's punish. Taki Jones. Well, you know, you're going into Starkville. you got a top 20 program there in Miss State. I don't know. I won't get too cocky, my friend, but we'll see. But, Noah, thank you for calling, and enjoy the games this weekend, and good luck to you, Crimson Tide. All right, fun. All right, brother. Take care. Did he just call me homie? I don't know what he said, huh? but it was. All right, homie. I'm Alabama. I'm from New York. We're not homies. Uh, so, you know. We're going to need a list of things we can't say to you. It's getting bigger and bigger. I just don't want anyone to talk to me, ever. It's just really that simple. Seriously. Uh, let's go to the UK and let's speak to Darren. Darren, uh, you're uh, you're on the Taz show. What do you say there, homie? Good moment, Taz. Good moment, Dennis. Moment. How's it going? Good, buddy. Good. Um, I just basically want to talk about uh, Jinder Mahal. Um, now he's lost the world heavyweight title. I got a funny feeling he may get his rematch, but I think he's going to slip back down the card. At, maybe not back where he was, but I think he's going to be. Uh, U.S. champion kind of level, and I said, I think that's it. Um, to be honest with you, I think he's taken the ball, and he's done very well as champion. But being in the crowd on Tuesday night at SmackDown, when AJ Styles won, the passion and everything from our crowd was absolutely incredible. And I did feel with Jinder a little bit, but at the end of the day, I thought his time has come, and I just hope he doesn't go down to the level he was up before, if that makes sense. I, Darren, I don't think that's going to happen. I understand why you and a lot of fans would think that, I, maybe I'm wrong here. I doubt I am. I think there's way too much TV time and money put into Jinder Mahal and Jinder's push uh, from Vince McMahon and and company uh, to just let him drop down. And by the way, and, I, and I, I'm sure you don't mean it the way it sounded, but like if you become U.S. champion or Intercontinental champ, there's no shame in that. That's actually a great honor, and, and you make a lot of you make a lot of money when you're at that level. So trust me, uh, that always gets looked at as a secondary title, and I hate that people do that because yeah. in, in any company, I know why. It's the way we're trained as fans. I get it. I understand that, you know. But, um, but and, you know, you guys went crazy when AJ won. You said you were at the show, right, as you just said? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, and you guys should go crazy, right? The good guy, the good guy won. You should go crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's and, wrestling. And the amount of passion for my crowd. I mean, I've been at rugby games. I've been at football games. I've never had a pop like that. It was, it was surreal. Yeah. I think it was like a relief as well. I think it was a relief. Like, it, like a good guy has won the title, but Jinder's run has come to an end. I think it was more of an AJ winner and Jinder losing in as well. I think that's what the crowd wanted as well. So it's just great to be a, a part of that, you know. And I just love being a, yeah. a wrestling fan and, you know. Did I? I think maybe I spotted you on TV. Were you the guy holding the big Taz show? Oh, no, you didn't have a f- sign. No, that wasn't you. I didn't have okay. a, a, a sign, no, but I, I was telling everybody on Tuesday to tune in to, to the Taz show, though. And you proved that? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I, actually, I actually can. I got a small video, and I'll tag you and Dennis in the later. Okay. All right. You got a small video. You're not going to record this in your living room now. This is something you did at the arena. <laughs> Yeah, you tag me. Dennis is irrelevant. If you tag me, I, I, yeah. I will. I will. Uh, thank you for calling. Dad. Have a good day. Take care in the UK. Uh, I'm sure it's cold and 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 rainy. Uh, that's how it is there a lot of times. Um, Dennis, I didn't mean to blow you off like that. But there's no reason to tag you. You you don't even uh, you know you're not going to do anything. Nothing on Twitter. So. What do you want me to do? I'll do something. 
go away? Can you do that? Yep. Great. Dennis, bye-bye. Anthony, run the board. Let's go. Let's get off. Let's go for the video. I don't, you want to call him? Two shot. I need a two shot. I want to look at Dennis right now. Yeah, well, see the face? I go, oh, shit. What did I get myself into? Like, oh, now you're happy because you're on camera. Initially, we saw your face. Lean, mean, saw it. He will grab the video. He saw that, oh, shit, look on your face. Yeah. It's like when somebody takes a sandwich away from me. I put my foot in my mouth this time. Uh-uh-uh. All right, so James Storm is no longer with Impact Wrestling. Now, Storm has been there for a long time. Storm has had great success there for a long time. Not just as an individual singles wrestler, but at, with Beer Money, the great tag team with him, himself, and Bobby Roode. For those that are not uh, weren't fans of TNA or didn't watch it back then or what have you, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, Storm, um, uh, former TNA heavyweight champion. Uh, uh, geez, I don't even know how many times this guy had the tag team titles in Beer Money. I don't even know the number, but I know I've called a lot of Storm's matches in the team with Roode and as an individual. And James, just a true pro, um, good dude, real good dude. Been on my show. Um, if you remember, there was that time where he was he worked for NXT. I don't know if he did one or a couple of matches, and there was so, WWE was putting stuff on social media about him, and everybody thought he was going. He was a big time free agent, and then he ended up going back to TNA. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Dennis. You remember that? I actually do. He, I think it was only like one. One what match, I can't. I don't remember. know if it was set yeah. of tapings or just one match itself, but I I do remember him in NXT. <clears throat> well, apparently Storm's uh, contract ends in January, so uh, it's done. So, it, man, there was just so many people leaving, you know, leaving TNA and you know uh, Impact Wrestling. So, uh, I guess because Anthem Media has you know, basically full ownership taken over, but Storm's length of his run of success is when Dixie Carter was the owner, and that's when I worked there too. But uh, he's been ultra successful, and he's a, a veteran. He's a pro. Um, so a lot of people are speculating: Will he end up in WWE back there? Because he they they obviously liked him. They used him. They put him on social media, and we you saw we heard all the scuttlebutt. But then, you know, it was the typical: Okay, there's smoke, there's fire. Well, this time there was a lot of smoke, but no fire. They didn't. He didn't. He. I don't know if it was his choice or theirs. I don't know what the backstory was. But that was then. This is now. Could Storm end up in WWE? Absolutely. Um, I, I hope he does. I, I, I'm a fan of his work. I, I've always been a fan of James's work. Um, so I hope he does. Now, the thing is, some folks are they're, they're pondering. You know, oh, you know, he will he end up with Bobby Roode? Is this what Roode needs? Will he be in Beer Money? Will they do Beer Money again? No, guys, no, none of that's gonna happen. You're not even gonna. <laughs> I, I, I look, I don't. Did anyone tell me this? No, you know me. I don't do the sources thing. I'm telling you from my experience in the industry and working for both these companies for a long time. Um, and knowing Bobby Roode and knowing James Storm and knowing how WWE wants to either they want to start fresh or they want to recreate history in their own vision. Um, I don't see beer money being put back together. Well, look. <laughs> Hey, who was a bigger who was a bigger act? Okay, as an act, not not as individuals, just as an act. Which act was bigger? Bullet Club or Beer Money? With well, a pretty simple answer, right? Well, Bullet Club, right or wrong? I would agree. All right? And right, you agree? Agree. Ditto. 
<laughs> well said. So, so I, we haven't seen the Bullet Club reunite. Maybe down the road they'll do something. Like they hinted at it with the the two sweet uh, Quiet Fox with uh, AJ and uh, Finn. We've seen WWE do that, but they didn't reunite them. They, there's no Bullet Club. You know, Anderson and Gallows are just trying to find out what the heck's going on with with, the, with what they're doing with those guys. You know. Beer money is not. They're not putting. They, and anybody who thinks that Bobby Roode, this is no disrespect to James Storm. I'm just being. I'm just talking about Bobby Roode now. Bobby Roode needs absolutely nothing. Okay, <laughs> Bobby Roode, in my view, is doing phenomenal. He's doing awesome. The glorious gimmick is outstanding. Outstanding. Everything about Bobby is perfect right now in WWE. And I really believe uh, if Vince McMahon or Triple H or Stephanie McMahon was standing right next to me. They'd say the same exact thing on air and off air. I, I don't think you there's, there's nothing Bobby's great. He's in the Smack he's on uh he got picked by Shane to be on the SmackDown team at Survivor Series. That's a great spot. He won the two out of three fall gimmick with uh with uh, Ziggler. You know what I mean? Like so he's just in the beginning of his push, Bobby Roode, with the on the main roster. We saw the success success that Bobby had um uh, in NXT, uh, NXT champion Great run, great champ, the whole nine, dude. Yo, they 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 are not gonna do. They are not gonna reunite beer money. So I, I anybody who says that I completely disagree. We're all entitled to our opinions, and we all have you know different um different thoughts. And some could fantasy book and all that. I'm cool with that, but I don't think that's gonna happen. From a fan perspective, Dennis, you think they would reunite them? Not a chance in hell to start. Like first off, if he even goes there. Um, Rude, the whole glorious thing is perfect. It's so, it, like I'm fully in on Bobby Rude right now. If they do come in, he could he could uh, is feud. I can I say feud? Is feud the right word? <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say. Vince McMahon told right, me I never can't. say feud, so that means that on my show I don't want anyone saying feud. <laughs> uh, he could start a rival a rivalry with and That's that could, and they could go that <laughs> angle, but uh, that would be the only. You just said angle. Oh, it's That's obtuse. an inside term. That's a bet obtuse obtuse. Oof. Yeah, you need to work on Markology. You're the sergeant of Markology. If those that are new to the show, Markology is a language for wrestling fans because they're not allowed to talk the language wrestlers talk. So I created a language for them. And Dennis, my producer, he is the basically executive producer, sergeant at arms of Markology. You have to clear any new words of Markology with Dennis. But at times he shits the bed. He can't help it. That's just the way he is. So that's the deal on uh, that. Let's speak to uh, David out in Sacramento, California. Dave, you're on the Taz Show. What's up, Haas? Good moment, Taz. Good moment. Uh, I'm just enjoying my day off, but I long, first time, long time. So throw, uh, get out the yam bag, and I, but this is how I enjoy <laughs> that's my holidays. Oh, that's a yam bag shot, Dave. We had a guy recently call oh. from Sacramento. When I saw your name, I thought it was you, but I guess it wasn't you. Oh, it was me. I just haven't been on in a long time because of work. Well, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Then, then, Dennis, you made an error. Uh, David, you made an error. Dennis, tell David what his error was. If you've called before, you can't be a first-time, long-time. Ah, okay. Because this would be your second call. You are a second-time, long-time. That's what they call that. Has there ever been one of those? Many. Many. You're, you're not You're not in, in soul company. You oh, are... Okay. Second time, long time. That happens every day here. So you're just like a regular caller. But anyway, how can I help you, Big Dave? He loves the sun. 
I got two questions. Um, first off, I wanted to ask you about your commentary days back in WWE. I just got into this old show that they did called Metal. And yeah. uh, you were yeah. doing commentary on that. I just yeah. wanted to know how uh, how much uh, creativity and freedom did you have doing commentary on that? Because I saw um, you you used to put over Tiger Ollie Singh. And um, <laughs> it was... It was it was pretty funny how you how you used to put him over in commentary wise. Uh, <laughs> well, jacked in metal. For those that don't know, Dave, how old are you? If you mind me asking. I am twenty nine. So oh, you had to think I, about that. Hey, I work with a producer that has to think about his age and, and his name too. But you're twenty nine. So you're on the young side. You're on the young side, Dennis. Please stop talking. Yeah, you're on the young side. So here's the thing, Dave. Um, Jack the Metal, they were two, they were shows, they were like secondary shows, and then there was Sunday Night Heat, you know, that was got mm -hmm. bigger. So we we did have a lot of, I had a lot of creative control on what I said there. I kind of learned, they would put me on that to cut my teeth and to get comfortable just calling wrestling, so no one really overproduces you on that. And most of that commentary you hear for that was mm -hmm. done in post-production in Connecticut. That's where most okay. of that commentary was done, in a room in Connecticut, sure. days after jacked or metal you know but uh but i appreciate the question on that david thank you for calling my friend uh take care so there you go there you have it uh jacked and metal i remember those shows i had a lot of fun calling them i wrestled on several of them also for wwe on that note gotta go to break on the side of break we will have the queen bee that's what we used to call her madison rain uh <laughs> will be on the taz show sit tight guys be right back Live here on the Tash Show, and it's Friday edition. Be here for another hour, two hours every day, live streaming and screaming body slams and beyond, as you guys know. And uh, what better way to close out the week, a great week of Taz shows, and with a former teenage knockout, five time knockout champion, two time knockout tag team champion. The excellent, the awesome, the, the 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 top free agent, the hottest free agent in women's wrestling today. Let's bring in Madison Rain. Madison, what is up? What an introduction, Taz. Thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, I got to put you over. Look, there's no listen, Madison. Before we get rolling, you need to understand something. There is no announcer in the world of wrestling that can get you over like me. You know this. <laughs> I know. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Ironic that that's a fact, right? <laughs> yes. And I know you happen to know a couple of announcers. They're not. They're nowhere near as good as me. You know that. No. I'm I kidding. I'm kidding. One we'll, we'll get into that. told me that uh, he, he learned everything he knows from you. So. Oh, he, he and he no, he's doing a lot better than I did. And we're talking about Josh Matthews. For those that don't, that's Madison's husband. So, so that's what we're talking about. We'll talk about Josh a little bit. So, what's going on? Long time no talk. How's everything? Everything's great. Everything's really good right now. How are you? 
Good, just busy, just out here grinding, giving people free content because I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, so that's uh, I need to charge people, Mattis. I need to make more money. We all need more money. But listen, you have been everywhere. Like I, that's what that's like so crazy to me. Like every time I turn around and look at something on social media, you right, you know, you know obviously your your time in Impact Wrestling, and then boom, next thing you know you have WWE doing stuff with them. And then Ring of Honor wrestling Diana Perazzo coming up here in a couple weeks in Oklahoma City. I mean, what's going on? How, you're like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's still a little shocking to me. It's exciting, um, but I can't sit still for very long. So when one door closes, I've got to open 40 more. <laughs> that, but that's called, that's how the business is, right? You know that. I know that. When you've been around, you know, you got to hustle. You got to grind, and, and, you know, you're doing that, and and, uh, and you got fans all over the world, obviously, and, and uh, you ended up – so when you were doing stuff with WWE, now you were in their performance center, correct? That's where you were? You were just training? No, I actually went down for um, like for a three-day tryout with, I think, 40 other people. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I assume you did really well because of your experience in the industry and all your success. Um, I, I think so. However, I've told everybody who has asked like how it went that just shy of um, – having my daughter it was the hardest thing i've ever done in my entire life <laughs> really wow um okay it all right that's it more, um <laughs> it was a lot more um based on like your cardio and what kind of shape you're in like if i would have just had to spend three days taking bumps no problem um but <laughs> i think the objective was to to blow you up as much as they possibly could and then see you know mentally how you uh responded to it yeah, um, and yeah. thank God I responded well because um, under most well, circumstances, when I'm that blown up, I I don't. Right, so. and for those that don't know, blown up means in the industry when you're tired. That's so. so some people right, might not know right, that, but right, no, no, it's all good. No, no. So when that, and that's the thing, and and Madison, you know this, and what you're alluding to, I'll kind of explain. So when you get when someone gets tired in the ring and they get blown up, the first thing that usually goes is the mental end of what you need to do in that ring. That's what people don't realize. Uh, it's like any athlete, not just a pro wrestler. When you get tired, when you when you get gassed, as some would call it, and you can't breathe, and you're sucking wind. You you can't think about your responsibility as an, a performer or an athlete. You know, but you being experienced, and they tried to blow you up, but I guess it didn't work. And not to not to be you know not to put you over that much, but I know how you are. You're a pro. So. No, but you're a pro. You know how to work, and knowing how to work is not just the physical end; it's the mental end, and you probably kept your mind straight. I did, and I think, you know, I kind of think I went into mommy mode, too, because, you know, at a WWE tryout, it's not just people with wrestling experience. Um, there were girls there who were in the fitness industry and um, people who were um, stuntmen and women, and so, like, they literally had no idea what they were getting themselves into. Um, so as much as I was, like, struggling to take my next breath, sometimes I could see some of these other girls were just, like, on the verge of giving up. So um, I think what kept me tuned in mentally was being able to help them because after spending this long in the wrestling business, I found that I do really well in situations where I'm able to help, where I'm able to help other girls learn and grow and get better. And so I, I think I just tuned in to that um, and that helped me be uh, better, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. And that's, a, like you said, to your point, that's a mom role. I mean, that's a, a parental role that your first instinct is to help someone that maybe is a couple of years younger or greener 
And, you know, I'm sure that most of them are greener because you're not green. So, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying, so you kind of felt and you probably saw yourself in them when you were younger in the industry. I remember like during our time together in TNA, how much time you would spend in a ring before shows training and working out and working on different spots you wanted to try and do. And your, um, your work ethic was always ultra impressive to me. I mean, all three of you guys and the beautiful people during that time, in my opinion, all three of you, you know, Angelina velvet and yourself, you guys all worked hard behind the scenes, like in the ring. I, I always, and you were, you were leading that charge. I always saw it. Yeah, I think, um, Thank you very much for that, first of all. Um, I was brought in to TNA uh, when I was still so green. I was so new. Um, And I don't know why uh, Vince Russo uh, saw something in me at the time, but he did. And so I just felt I knew how long Angelina and Velvet had been wrestling and how experienced they were and how established the beautiful people already were as a group. And I didn't want to come in and mess that up. That was my biggest fear. Every time I showed up to TV was coming in and messing up something that they had worked so hard to build. Um, so yeah, I, I, from the second that I got there, um, I, I wanted to get in the ring and I wanted to learn. And at that time, you know, people were coming in like Mickey James and Tara and what better group of people to learn from. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you had a Victoria. Uh, you had a lot. You guys had a lot of that women's locker room, that knockout locker room. There was, <laughs> we had a lot of good talent. Gail Kim, I mean, so much good talent there. I mean, it was crazy. I, and I know you guys had even before I got there, but as a color commentator, it was easy to call. You know, it was because there was so many of you, you know, women wrestlers that were just tremendous. And like I said, the work ethic was great. And you were right there in the middle of that. But I got to say, that beautiful people, that gimmick, awesome, awesome. And the three of you guys, you Angelina and Velvet, that chemistry, on the money. I'm sure it'll never happen again, but who knows? But I'm just saying, it was great, and I guess the timing of it was great. I mean, it couldn't have been better. And hats off to them for bringing me in and welcoming me because, you know, at that time, the beautiful people was one of, if not the biggest thing in women's Mm. wrestling. And you know, women had, we just have a tendency, we're hardwired to be territorial <laughs> and yeah. potentially get a little catty, but they never did. I know that. I'm, I'm married. I know for a long time. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, I mean, you know, you, you guys bring it out in us sometimes, but it, that's a whole I other guess. conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they welcomed me. They brought me in and, and not for one second did I um, ever feel like the third wheel. So yeah, the, the chemistry was just immediate there. Yeah, it, you know, look, and now for you to get in the ring now with someone like Diana at Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest uh, on night three, right? So that's Sunday, November 19th in Oklahoma City. Now, you and Diana, pardon my ignorance, you guys never worked with each other? Uh, no, we have. One time, actually, we okay, did a... I didn't know that. Um, yeah, we did it. We had a match on one of the knockouts pay-per-views um, ah, a few okay, years ago, but know. yeah. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I think 2014. Okay, she's excellent. I mean, she she's done a lot with my show, like as a like a, uh, she's done a lot of different correspondence for like independent wrestling on my show here in the past. And you know, she she's uh just not just an excellent wrestler, a young talent, but she's um good girl, good person. I could picture you guys having a really good match. Seriously, she's amazing. Um, we spoke about work ethic earlier. Like I've never seen somebody work as hard as Deanna does, and. Um, I actually just spoke with her. We did the big event, the big wrestling convention. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Together. 
Um, and she spoke about, and, you know, I, I kind of went through a similar experience, like when you're, when you're brand new and you're just training and you're learning, um, and she, she was, I think, dating her trainer at the time. Um, and mm. the last thing that she wanted in that moment was to start her wrestling career and have people not respect her and not see her work ethic and only, you know, say that she was getting all these opportunities because of who she was dating. So I think that made her from the beginning work even harder. Um, but still, like to this day, anytime I see her at a show or in a um, wrestling atmosphere, she's in the ring. As soon as she gets there, she's yeah. in the ring. She's putting her <laughs> match together. Like she, she's so good. I can't say enough good things about her. I'm really excited for that match. Yeah, that, it's going to be great, and and the people in Oklahoma City and Ring of Honor fans are going to be treated to something good. I'll tell you what, that that woman of wrestling, I think Ring of Honor does a great job for a long time. They've had so much excellent talent, female talent, and another Veda Scott's another girl who's been part of my show. Who you know Taylor Hendricks, these girls are excellent talents that've been part of uh, stuff with women of wrestling and and Ring of Honor, and and I could see you fitting perfectly into that whole system. So um, because you. I'm sure eventually you'll settle down. You're you're in so many different spots. Um, it's it's awesome though. It's cool. I mean, because you know you have such a big fan base, and you're in so many different spots, and and you're applying your craft everywhere. And uh, you know, as you know, as performers, no matter if you're a wrestler, a commentator, whatever you are, you you always can get better every day. No matter who he or she, you. Oh, I've learned that actually from Vince McMahon. Every day you get better. Vince would say that about himself. I'm like, dude, you're like a multi-zazillionaire. Relax, you're good. He goes, nah, I gotta get better, you know. So, you know, you but but the thing is, of better, sir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but but like, you know, I, I, for me, I'm I'm just happy for you because when you decide to land somewhere, if you do, unless you keep bouncing, um, it's gonna be spectacular because uh, you know, you you have a lot to offer. You know, shared a locker room with you for a long time, but not literally a locker room. Men, women not allowed in the same locker room for those that don't know. But <laughs> but the announcer's locker room, but hold up. But Mike, Mike Tanay and I, our trailer, I remember, was next to the knockout trailer. So uh, Yeah. God bless you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but and it was uh yeah, you guys are very intense. So, <laughs> so let's put it that way. Focused and intense. Uh, yeah, we are. You know, I it's still that way. Like I tell Josh stories, and, and for anybody who doesn't know Josh, like he he's grossed out by just nearly anything, really. So anything, it's so anything, much fun yeah, for me because <laughs> you can't gross me out. So I tell him these stories about the things that are said in the locker room, and he's like, "What is wrong with you people?" <laughs> I mean, I don't, we're just real, I guess. <laughs> Yes, no, you guys yeah. are. Now, speaking of Josh, so uh, like I said, for those that have just joined in, I, so Madison Rain, uh, she is married to Josh Matthews, the play-by-play -play man for for Impact Wrestling and, and all the work Josh has done for years in WWE. But well, a lot of people don't know, your husband, and I knew you this, it was actually a excellent wrestler and was trained by probably one of the best trainers of all time, Al Snow. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he was a wrestler. Um, I don't know what's with him um, this year. He kind of got the itch to, to prove bumps. that he was still a wrestler and, and do the thing at Slammiversary. And, you know, yeah. honestly, um, and he, he calls me a liar when I say this, I didn't watch um, Tough Enough back when he was on it. That was like in one of those awkward high school years of mine when yeah. 
uh, I wasn't watching wrestling and I was just trying to like be cool and be a cheerleader and, <laughs> and do the high school thing. And, and I honestly, I remember my older brother watched Tough Enough and he, I remember him always talking about Josh and Maven and, but <laughs> I didn't know um, that, like how good Josh was. Um, he was very good, actually. He was very good. Um, and and when I said about the trainer, Madison, I was actually the best, the main trainer, not Al Snow. I'm better trainer than Al. I'm just letting you know that. I'm sure Josh told you that before anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, he Well, somewhat. Like, he doesn't – now that I know that he was this actually very good wrestler and the fact that he walked into Slammiversary and was, like, doing springboards and flying off the top rope and, you know, things that I 12 years in still don't do. Um <laughs> I try to like pick his brain and ask him questions and it's like, no, 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 I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler anymore. Wait, that, 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 that's a part of my past. Okay. Oh, don't no. let him BS you. Listen, first of all, okay. Not only was he an excellent wrestler and underrated and underutilized as a talent in the ring, what he can bring to you from knowledge to anybody as a play-by-play, he's called a lot of big matches in his career and he has more big matches coming as a play-by-play guy. You know, you learn even then how to help fellow men or female wrestlers. Yeah. So don't let him lie to you. Don't let him lie to you. He yeah. can help you more than you know. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, because I'm sure that he's listening. Hi, Josh. Um, and if I don't put him over, I'm going to hear about it later. But honestly, we just, hey, listen, we just put him over for 10 minutes, me and you. <laughs> I think you more so than me. So I'm going to, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but no, he, um, his mind for wrestling is so good. And that's coming Obviously, I'm biased, but he's just so smart. And if I'm struggling with something or, or like there's a, a spot or a something that I can't figure out, if I just go explain the situation to him, he has the answer in a second. His mind is just so, you know, I mean, he's been around this his entire adult life. This is his body of yep. work. Um, but he's, he's just brilliant. And I, I love when he actually will sit down and talk wrestling with me because I learn from him every time we talk. Did he ever, and that, that, that does not surprise me, did he ever tell you any stories about all the time he, myself, and Michael Cole in WWE spent traveling the roads of this world? Yes, he has. He's told me several <laughs> stories about, I think okay. there, was, there was one story. Um, we don't need to get into the stories. I'm just asking. No, no, it's it's very like it's it's very family friendly. Uh, okay. He, he's a terrible driver. Like in my opinion, like don't like to be in the car with him. But he tells the story about how he drove a lot of the time when it was the three of you, and there was like some giant, massive winter snowstorm. Snowstorm. And you yeah. guys were hell bent on getting from point A to B, and and nobody else was able to make it, but you guys. Um, what was it? Went from well, like the East Coast to the Midwest to Indianapolis. In we went. We went yeah. from LaGuardia Airport to Indianapolis, and it took us two days. Josh drove the whole way, and it wasn't that Michael Cole and I were hell bent. It was that Kevin Dunn basically said we had to get there. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that's what happened. So and Josh knows that. Yeah. So now Josh is the reason why we got there. I mean, he drove, uh, and Michael Cole and I probably just argued the whole trip. But yeah, no, yeah, it was uh that was a crazy day and, and I even talked about that in the past on my show. That that drive, that two days, that was nuts. And we drove all the way, Madison, to Indianapolis. We got there for Smack, got there in time for the production meeting, and we thought me, Josh, and Cole thought we'd walk in and we were gonna get like the Medal of Honor from from Vince yeah. and Stephanie. And we got basically this. Oh wow, you guys made it. All right, good. That was it. Good job. Done. Let's carry on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun traveling. Though Cole, myself, and Josh, definitely, uh, you know, definitely a lot of fun. But you know, I, I you know, I so you guys met. I I, I was there. I, I don't remember exactly the moment. But you guys met in TNA, obviously. Oh, I remember the exact moment. It was, <laughs> um, we were in New York, and I had not yet met him. Um, I had done like some Skype interviews for the website with him, um, but we had never actually met and I was sitting in the makeup chair and I think in, in that building, the, the production office and the makeup area were in the same room spot. Yeah. That's the um, Manhattan center. You're talking about right. Manhattan yeah, center. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yep. um, I was sitting there getting my makeup done. He walked in and he just looked like he was having the worst day of his entire life. Go figure. And, yeah. um, <laughs> I said, I just, <laughs> I looked over. I said, hey, Josh Matthews, it's not going to kill you to smile. And he goes, I'm ready to go home. Oh, so you hit on him. Wait a minute. Wait, Madison. So you hit on him. You, you, oh, you approached him. Wow. Okay. God, you two are like the same person in two different bodies because he says the exact same thing. Like, I know you were putting the moves on me. I'm like, no, no, I wasn't at all. But. I mean, we, I we can know. tell that story. That's fine. I was hitting on it's it. Funny, but no, then um, it, it was it was college football, actually, that brought us together because that year the national championship game was Ohio State. And obviously I'm from Ohio. And Oregon, yes. Josh is a massive Oregon fan. Everyone thought Oregon was going to win, and they didn't. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, so that was kind yeah, of but you guys, the Buckeyes Buck are doing a lot better than the Ducks right now, though. Well, yeah, they they did great with Penn State and then turned around the next week and lost. And yeah, know, no, I know, I I know, I've been watching. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm a big Ten fan, so I know it's. Uh, I know, I knew that. I knew you were a Buckeye fan. I didn't know you were a big college football fan. I just knew you, you were from you're from Columbus, I believe, right? Originally, I'm from I yeah, born and raised like two hours outside of Columbus, but I spent the majority okay. of my life in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. So so and and I I definitely know about Josh with um. With Oregon, because he it was he was or an Oregon nut forever. I think Josh became an Oregon fan because at that time, don't let him work you. It's because they had the whole Nike gimmick and they had all the crazy colors and all the best uniforms. Now that they're losing, he's got to run with the Oregon thing still. He's probably pissed that he has to root for Oregon. Yeah, probably. he is, and I mean it's <laughs> no he. I mean his closet is full of like all Oregon custom Nike shoes and like so he still wears the colors proudly. Um, and, and he acknowledges that this isn't their their best um, time. But, well, listen, but listen, your Buckeyes got a tough one, you know, against Michigan State this week. You know, real tough. Yeah, I'll be at Shimmer. <laughs> well, you're, so, oh, you'll be at Shimmer. That's funny. <laughs> well, you got a phone. You can look at, you know, you're, you're playing. I think they're playing at the Horseshoe. And Michigan State, they're ranked 12th. You guys are ranked 13th. It's going to be tough. I'm just letting you know. But you'll be at Shimmer doing your thing, so you're not going to care. I honestly, I didn't, I didn't know that they dropped that far because wasn't it, they were what six or seven after they were. Penn State and then, and correct. Then. But Penn State and them both dropped once they got those losses in uh, separate weeks. You know, they both dropped. Yeah. That's how it is. You know, it's the, that's the the football thing. So speak of Shimmer real quick. So what? So you're going there this weekend. I didn't know that. So what's going on with Shimmer? That's another great promotion for women, obviously. Yeah, I mean before before TNA, I um, you know started kind of getting the ball rolling with my career at Shimmer uh, and Ring of Honor, ironically. Um, so it, when I left TNA or Impact or 
when I when I left that company in July, um, I immediately reached out to Dave Prazak and he welcomed me back with open arms. And I was there in July and I'm coming back again. And yeah, it's again, another opportunity for me to be there and um, not only help like the younger talent, but I feel like at this point in my career, I was under that impact wrestling umbrella for eight years. And, and so I just, that was me. I was an impact guy and an impact girl. And, and so I almost feel like now that I'm, a quote-unquote free agent I almost have to prove myself again because when I left I got so many like I can't believe you retired did you retire no Mm. I'm 31 like (laughs) I'm not I'm not that old my career is still like on fire right now but I kind of feel like I've got something to prove with this newer generation of of wrestlers so Shimmer's the perfect place for me to do that that's awesome. It's funny. I'll tell you real quick. Uh, you know, you said about people thought you retired. You know, when I left WWE and went to TNA, uh, that's what people thought about me. But um, that I, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I would walk through airports, and I'm in TNA like six, seven, eight months, and I'm having a blast. You know, I loved working with yeah. Mike Tanay, and we had a great time. And then um, uh, I'd have people in the airport saying, oh, dude, when are you going back to SmackDown? Are you still on SmackDown? I don't see you in WWE. Did you retire? I'm like, no, dude, I'm in this TNA thing. This that, No, what is that? And we had so much good talent, you being one of them, as you know, Madison, all of us in TNA. Everything was like, it was all there. But w- what we didn't have was, as you know, we didn't have the brand awareness. There was just not that promotion they didn't people didn't know we were there and it sucked because we had such a great locker room men and women yeah we did and it was literally like the time of my life and you know there's but you know let's just yeah put put the spotlight on it there's impact has taken a beating in the media for the last couple of years and it makes me sad because you know I'm still there occasionally and I still see that fire and that passion and all of the talent. Um, and everybody so badly wants for it to succeed and to be like what it has the potential to be. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what that one and you know, everybody's got their opinion, but what that one thing is that needs to launch them into, um, you know, the the spot that they deserve to be in, I guess. And I agree. Look, the, the work ethic and the desire of the locker room has never changed. And obviously, it's a lot of different faces in that locker room now. Younger faces, newer talent, which are all excellent talents. And they all have that drive. And I would suggest to all those young men and women, keep that drive. Keep that intensity. And you only can control, not just in wrestling, but in life, right? You only can control what you can control. So if there isn't, like I remember during that time in TNA, like I would get frustrated with Dixie. You know, I knew her heart was in the right spot, but I was like, it would drive me crazy because like they were putting money into things that didn't, that you didn't have to. Instead, let's put money into promotion, into advertising, into just getting some brand awareness, buy some TV spots and shit on, on, on raw and SmackDown, spend some money here. So people know we're alive. We had this great production team, you know, led by guys like Dave Sahadi, who I know you know very well. And, and this great talent and, and, and Keith Mitchell, all these great resources in Nashville and we're not spending money on that stuff. That used to drive me up a wall. It still does. I'm not even there. It's been years. <laughs> it, it is frustrating. And, and it's, I think because we have that wrestler heart and we see how much the talent is giving. And, you know, that's kind of what frustrates me now. And I, I stay pretty, like, 
PC on my social media, but I really do get frustrated when people like get down on impact because, you know, the fans who are saying things like they have no idea how hard the talent is still working and want this place to succeed. And it's, you know, if, if wrestling companies succeed, it's good for the wrestling business. I, I don't understand like why people would want or would like wish bad things on a wrestling company whose talent is just so fired up. And despite any and every bad thing that's said, they're still putting their whole heart into what they do. So, um, yes. I mean, I, I hope for the best for them. Really. I do. I've said this, listen, I've said what you just said, like a lot, you know, on my show, I've, I've defended and just said, look at, you know, every company, including WWE, you'll, you'll get, you'll get people, as you know, not just TNA, but they'll bash creative. I've done it Well, you'll bash mm-hmm. the creative or writing on something. And obviously it's easy to armchair quarterback. But the thing is, I've always said about TNA or WWE, whatever, look, the, the goal the, the is in the right spot, the heart of the locker room, even the writers, even if something's written or creatively done and it sucks, it doesn't mean that was the goal. I've been in a billion production meetings and agent meetings. I've never heard anyone say, all right, let's do this segment. Uh, let's write this. And uh, hopefully this one really just shits the bed. I, like, I've never heard that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's always uh, our goal. Right, our goal as creative people is for it to be the best match, the best promo segment, the best writing. That's the goal in any company. And sometimes, if it you know falls down and and sucks, and then fans get mad. And I know why fans get mad because they're passionate also. And I think fans have given TNA impact. I, I think they feel they've given it so many chances. Uh, like they're waiting so many times for it to be great, and it just didn't happen. And it's not too late. It can happen. So maybe now it seems like a lot of people have been leaving lately. I don't know what's going on there, but you know, it seems like a lot of the the you know, I just was talking about James Storm leaving. I was surprised to hear that. I know James been there a long time. So but I guess there's a lot of changing going on there with you know with, with, with a lot of new faces involved. So, you know, um uh but you know what? Look, yeah, I mean, it, everything God, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, yeah, there are a lot of, of good um quality talent leaving. Um, impact, but I've always said about them, and and I, I feel like I'm a prime example. The company was founded on creating its own stars. So, you know, even if one big name leaves, what's to say that the next big name's not right there in the locker room waiting to be created? You know? Of course, I completely agree. And it's always an opportunity. It's it's like a game of dominoes or, or like a puzzle. Where one one piece of the puzzle leaves. Maybe this newer piece can fit in, if not better. And that's that's when young wrestlers, male or female, take the opportunity given to them, which I'm sure will happen now. Um, you know, whenever anybody leaves, including the referees, because a bunch of refs left. You know, a lot of guys that've been there for a lot of years. Uh, it, look, it seems like they're in a transitional period, and you know, um, I, I, I'm, I have a feeling that it'll work out for it'll work out fine. It's just transition times are tough. People get pissed when what they're used to changes. Or when people they used to see, not just wrestling, you know, it happens in entertainment. You know, it's just I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. You know this, and people get mad. They do. They get mad, and then and then and then they'll cool off, and they'll, they'll get used to whatever the next thing is. You know, so. But the thing for you is, you're all over the place. You're doing great, and I couldn't be happier for you. Seriously, Madison. Thank you so much. I'm having a lot of fun, and I always wondered, like I I admired Diana for kind of being in this free agent position, and also at the same time wondered, like. Does, is that a feel good for her? Does she like wish that she had a home? And now that I'm in it, like it's exciting. Like it's fun to be able to be everywhere and um, 
you know, not be bound by a contract that says you have to be in one certain place. Now, with that said, um, I have been in or will be very soon in like very good, prominent wrestling promotions the last couple months here. But um, if I, if I had to make a choice right now, like I've, I've got one company in mind that I would, I would um, like to put my name on and, and take that brand. So hopefully that happens sooner than later. And, and um, so obviously you're going to, so let me get this straight. Let me, uh, let me get this straight. You're, you're going to dangle us out here on my show and tease everyone and not tell anyone. Right. Nice. Okay. Well done. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But um, how about this? If, and when I do uh, make that decision or that decision is made, um, I'll come back on the show and, and we can talk about it in depth. Uh, done deal. Sounds good to me. And no problem. I th- that's perfect. I'll take you up on that for sure. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it and, and, uh, I- I'm looking forward to just watching everything evolve for you. And I- I'm very happy for you and for Josh. So, um, um, uh, continue success, my friend. Thank you so much. Taz. Thanks for having me on this morning. Got it, Madison. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So there you go. Madison Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent, excellent. Great talking to Madison. I'm late to break. I got to go to break. Other side of break, we'll get into talking some college football. Say hello to some of the jobbers on uh, Facebook Live. Also, take a couple of phone calls. The phones are jammed. I got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. Sit tight. Back to the Taz Show. Great to have Madison Rain on. Thank you. Thank you, Madison, so much. A lot of fun talking to her, catching up with her. It's awesome. Uh, la, 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 la. So we'll see where she ends up, where she lands. And I'm going to hold her to it. She says she's going to announce it here on the Taz Show. So we're going to see. No, but she was great to talk to, for real, seriously. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, hey, let's go. Uh, by the way, on Facebook Live at uh, facebook.com slash attach. I'll get to you guys in a minute. Thank you for jumping on there on Facebook. Much appreciated. Um, hey, let's uh, let's talk to uh, let's go down to Arkansas, Razorback Country, talk to my man John. John, what's going on? You're on the Show House. Hey, Taz. How's it going, buddy? What's up, my old friend? How's things? Excellent. You know, I, I wanted to uh, talk about something. You know, recently the the numbers came in for the Ric Flair 30 for 30 special. Uh, yes. And he did the highest numbers of viewership that night for the 18 to 34-year-old demographic. I think yes, that's sir. pretty pretty much a strong ringing endorsement that a veteran talent still gets over and you should never put an expiration date on talent to utilize within your promotion. Wouldn't you agree? No, I don't agree. And I'll tell you why. Um, I think Ric Flair is a special talent. I think Ric Flair is a rare, rare thing in the wrestling industry. Here's why big John Rick, Rick has fans. He's trans. He has just transitioned from generation to generation, to generation, to generation, to this current generation. He he's got fans from, from so many years. Back up until today, kids that are in high school, you know, love Ric Flair. They know who he is because 
of social media and because so many major sports promotions or teams or athletes, big time athletes, they're Ric Flair marks. So to act like Flair to do something Flair. So he's got gifts, jives, gifts, whatever you call it, all over the place on, on social media. Kids love him and old timers love him. You know, he's Ric Flair. He's got millions and millions of fans. So that, and he's earned that. And, but so the thing is like, uh, uh, Rick, the way he came up in the business and during that era, and I've talked about this before, John, like those wrestlers during the most of Rick's prime, like those guys had a lot more shelf life than the guys and girls today. Okay. Or the guys and girls from my generation, even then we didn't have the shelf life because those guys back then they worked smart. They worked a physically safer style. They worked physical. I'm not disrespecting them. They worked very physical. They worked smart, though. They didn't take crazy bumps. They might have worked snug with each other, but they didn't take insane crazy bumps. If they did, it was very, very rare. So that creates a lot of longevity right there. Right there creates longevity. But you're not doing crazy dives or catching guys doing two or three flips in the air and, and nailing you in the face or your shoulder or your knee, buckling you, blow your knee out or hurt you, tear your bicep, whatever. You know, so these guys were working smarter. They were able to have a lot more longevity. Okay, and there's another reason why, John. Okay, now first off, does that kind of, do you, did I clear it off for you a little bit? Yes. I, the only thing that I, I was going with was just on the fact that in some promotions, it seems like they want to push these older guys who still have something to contribute and give and help things just straight out the door. And I kind of have a problem there mm. with that. Well, I understand that, but the thing is, dude, not really. I think, and, and it's a good discussion, John. Here's the thing, John. Like, I think that, um, uh, like, look at look at look at what the Survivor Series thing, you know, with WWE, with the the team versus team. You know, you got guys. I think it, I want to say it's the uh, before I draw a blank, the SmackDown team, I believe. The SmackDown team. I think uh, a lot of the guys are either how old? I think they, they're a little bit on the older end. Like the most of the guys on the team are older. You know, like uh, on the SmackDown team, they're 40 years old or somewhere in that foot. They just added uh, Cena, right? That's what just got added, Dennis Cena? Yeah, Cena, yeah, right? The, the yeah, the youngest is uh, Shinsuke's 37 and one other wrestler's 37, and the rest of the SmackDown team is like 40 and up. So, John, now, honestly, there you go. To me, I've learned this. I, I, I learned this from Coco Beware. You remember Coco Beware? Oh, yes. Coco Beware told me when he had kind of left WWF and he was on the smaller independent circuit and I was on the come up as a wrestler this before ECW. I remember talking to him once in the locker room and it was a good guy. And I remember him and I'll never forget him saying, he goes, uh, this is a, he goes, good luck to you. You're going to have good success. I go, well, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, you're a guy under six foot and, and you, I hope I have a half the success you had. You know, he goes, no, no, you're going to do better than me. And, and, and he goes, listen, it's a young man's business. He goes, just just keep working hard and plug away. And, and he was so cool to talk to in a locker room. And I remember him saying those words. It's a young man's business. And and he's right. Uh, he was right. And he is right. Um, but, you know, you, 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 I think WWE, if you're just speaking on WWE, I think they do a pretty decent job of giving the rub to the younger guys from the older guys. Um, I would, I do like when I see the younger guys getting more opportunity than the older guys. I, I look at, look, the main reason why John, John Cena is coming back into this, uh, into the fold here, John, thank you for calling. The main reason he's come back into, into the gimmick here with the Survivor Series thing is 
you know, they want massive star power to get massive numbers for that for that main event or that team versus team gimmick or whatever match is going to be the main event. I don't know. You know, John Cena doesn't need this match. You know, he doesn't need this. I mean, you know, there 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 are younger guys on the roster that that could get the rub. You don't need to put Cena in there. But from a business perspective, I guess they do feel they need Cena in there. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like I I believe in the younger guys getting. When I say younger guys, I want people don't misunderstand. What I'm saying I'm not just saying age as a. I'm not saying the number of someone's age. When I say younger guys, I'm talking about the amount of TV exposure they've had in their career and the push for so many years. So the guy like Nakamura, how old you say Nakamura is? Thirty-seven. I'm just look. I'm looking up the ages now. Yeah. So like him or Rude. Uh, Rude's got to be somewhere around thirty-five-ish. Rude's, Rude's forty. Gonna, okay, Rude's forty. So to me though, these guys they don't. They're not old. These guys are in their prime still. These guys, you know, <laughs> have been around and have had a lot of success, but they're not old guys. They're still in their prime. You know, uh, to me, young guys, just off the spitball off the top of my head, like Baron Corbin, he's a young guy. He's a young guy that I believe should get as much opportunity as humanly possible. Just Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Bailey. These are young people. You know, these are young people that that deserve these these pushes. No, not saying AJ Styles doesn't deserve a push or Brock Lesnar, uh, especially AJ, because he's never had that big WWE run until we've seen as of recent. You know, guys like the Usos, they, they, these are guys like Cesaro Sheamus. These guys are all in their prime. I don't care what their age is. But John Cena, different. Even though he might be the same age as some of these guys, but he got a longer push for a longer time, you know, with the, the, the big machine of WWE for so many years. I feel like, you know, we, we got to start, you know, let's give these main opportunities to our current stars. Maybe that's the better word instead of younger. Because it's hard to say, you know, Cesaro. I don't know how old he is. I bet you he's he's not a spring chicken. How old is can you find that out? I don't know how old old he is. I'm just saying. But he I don't think anyone could say Cesaro's not in his prime. He's in his prime. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. So I, I you know, I did this a long time ago on TazTube Jones on my TazTube gimmick. I talked about something like this. I can't remember the whole detail, but if you go back and watch some old school like NWA, like so now everybody's talking about the thirty for thirty with Ric Flair, and it's awesome, it was great, I loved it. <laughs> and you see a lot of old NWA footage in there. And you watch some of these guys, dude, when they were rock and rolling, guys like Ronnie Garvin. You know, guys, you heard Ric Flair say it in the 30 for 30. When he came back to WWF at the time, he was like 50 years old at WCW. He was 50 years old. He's still in there working. You know, Ronnie Garvin was getting pushed. Ronnie wasn't no kid. You know, got, got, even in WWF back in the day, you know, guys like Don Morocco, guys like, you know, Jimmy Snooker, these guys were not kids. You know, and they were getting big pushes. The business has changed. The, the everything has changed. Obviously, I, I I just don't I don't I believe in what Coco Beware told me. <laughs> it's a young man's business, and I'll go even further than what Coco said. Young, not just being the age. I think it's young as far as the push that you're getting from the number one company in the world that no one's catching up to ever, and that's WWE. So when you get that big run, if you're Bobby Roode and you're 37, 38 years old, there is a there's millions of wrestling fans that are watching you and they're like, wow, who's this new glorious guy? Who's this guy? Wow, this guy's awesome. Never seen this guy. This guy's great. I never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. How many years has this guy been around? You know what this guy's done? <laughs> like, wow, it's AJ Styles. Oh my God, what an athlete this guy is. 
See that phenomenal form, that springboard he does, or how he does all the stuff he does? This kid is great. AJ's not a kid. <laughs> AJ's been around a long time. But they haven't had that big push with the big company. So the masses don't know them because it goes back to what I say a lot, and it goes back to what WWE believes in, and they're right. There are a lot more casual fans than hardcore fans, and that's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, let's go to Missouri. Talk to Tommy. Tommy, what's going on there, house? Hey, good moment, Taz. How are you guys doing? Good, my friend. Talk to me. Good. Hey, speaking of NWA and the grittiness, with the uh, NXT bringing back the war games and the rings being 20 by 20 side by side as opposed to 18 by 18, when WWF at the time bought WCW and they attained all their equipment, such as the war games uh, double cage, WWE yeah. essentially has to rebuild the double cage for a 20 by 20 ring times two. Uh, right. With it being right beside each other in today's environment, the reason why I think they're going to change the War Games structure without having a roof is because, you know, the high flying at- attitude and stuff. But the reason why uh, old school fans like the War Games because that roof was so low is basically an old Jim Crockett cage with roof on top of it. Right. Do you think with WWE bringing back the War Games, especially NXT, Triple H's creation, uh, mm-hmm. that they're going to change it dramatically, that we won't even hardly recognize it because they have to factor no. in the aesthetics of the ring, 20 by 20. I, I, first of all, hold on. We don't, Tommy, there. Tommy, 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 Tommy. We don't know, unless there's a report that I didn't see. Maybe you saw it. Well, how do we know? Maybe they're going to go with an 18 by 18 ring. Oh. I, it's been since the 80s since I, the WBF had an 18 by 18 ring. Say again? It's been since the 80s since the WWE had an 18 by 18 ring. I know. So what? They, they, they either have the rings or they can get them. They're not expensive. Uh, you can get two right. rings done, and, and it's, they could build. They have, they have their own crew. They could do it in no time. So it's not expensive, and it's easy for them enough to get or do. It's very simple. And if they want to give it that same look, then which I think they should do, and they should keep the roof on it and all that jazz, uh, you know, I understand what you're saying about high flyers and the younger generation. And that's a good point. And you're right. But I think, I, you know, I don't know what's going on in Triple H's brain. I would think I know I know he's a fan of that era, as, as was I. And, and many of us from the from that generation were and a lot of fans are. But I don't think he's going to change it. I hope he doesn't. I don't think he should. I'd right. leave it exactly the same way it was. Um, that's what I would do. They might. That they might just change it just because they want an updated look and not have a roof. But if they do have a roof, I'd be all for it. If they don't have a roof, I don't really consider that to be a war games. I agree with you. No, I agree with you on that. But I do think that you should not be shocked and you shouldn't assume that they're just going to put a 20 by 20 ring side by side. Uh, mm. uh, someone help me, either you or Dennis. Someone, where is this war game show? Somewhere in Texas, it's isn't in, it? Uh, Houston. Uh, the Toyota Center. Houston. Okay. Oh, that's a big building. Okay. So, because I I've been in there a few times. So, what I was that's what I was getting. At. Okay. So maybe maybe they will do a twenty by twenty only because that that Toyota Center is massive. So they'll have room. I was getting getting at what I was getting at, uh, Tommy. And thank you for calling. What I was thank getting you. at was, you know, m- the other reason is you might want to do an eighteen by eighteen because, you know, that takes up a lot of real estate on the floor in any arena. But the that that building in Houston's big ass building. So maybe they will do a 20 by 20 side by side. I hope they don't because I, I know to some fans like, well, what's the difference? Two feet in a square. Uh, that, that's No, listen, 18 by 18 cable ring that 
TNA uses or Ring of Honor uses or we used in ECW or, you know, what NWA used uh, or what they use in New Japan is completely different look than what WWE uses. They use a 20 by 20 rope system ring. It's a completely different ring and it's a much bigger ring. Um, they'd have to build a massive structure, which they can do. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think this until this guy Tommy from Missouri said it. I, I, I hope they go with a, a 18 by 18. I hope they they do they copy. If you're gonna copy and take the name and and just completely do take the Dusty Rhodes creation and go with it, then go all the way with it and give respect. Don't change it and make uh, okay. Like I said earlier, you 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 change history in your vision. You don't know, don't do that. I hope Triple H doesn't do that. Vince has done that a lot. Mr. McMahon, uh, look at the East, the rebirth of ECW. Uh, <laughs> it was the shits. <clears throat> you know, it's you, you know, if you're gonna copy something and take something, then at least give it the respect and do it the way it was doing, the, the way it was looked, the way it looked, the way it was done. So if I'm Triple H, I'm going 18 by 18, full cage roof, because that makes it a war games. To my point, to Tommy from Missouri's point, and everything. All right, let's go to uh, John in Queens. Uh, John, you're on the Tash Show. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Taz? Yeah, I'm good. What's up, man? Oh, no, not much, man. What, what's the what's the prognosis on your illness? You feeling better? A little better, yeah. I just you know this. I think it's like a sinus infection. It's definitely better. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. It's just like a head. So, you know, it's time time of year. You know, what I'm saying like you know, the weather's changing. It's freezing in New York today. Yesterday it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so that's man, the deal. Well, are you, are you a doctor, cold. John? Doctor John, what are you, a doctor? Ah, uh, nah, man. I was just gonna suggest a hot toddy, man. Those will get you going. A hot a hot what? A hot toddy, you know. Little, oh no! Little shot of a no. little shot of bourbon with some. Uh, usually, I'll, I'll put some ginger tea and a little bit of honey, and I feel Bro, great the next day after that. I can't, you know, what, wow, dude? I'm a little bit of a, like I. This is my deal, John. Like when I smoke a cigar, I'll have a little cognac, maybe, you know, or I'll have a beer. I'm not like a. I'm not a big drinker, you know. Like I'm, I'm a lightweight, you know what I mean? Like I can't, yeah. you know, but. You know, I I rather take a bunch of Nyquil and just drink a whole bottle of it and pour another bottle on my that back of my neck because it helps. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What I else is going on? The new Nyquils. I don't know about the new ones. I know the old ones had alcohol. But yeah, man, I just um I've been hearing you the past few days talk about social media and uh you know how it's how it's changed the uh you know the industry and whatnot. I was I was wondering um you know because. When you were talking about uh, Flair 30 for 30, you know, you were talking about how, like, Rick, you know, said he lived the gimmick. And, yeah. you know, it was easier to do that without, you know, social media perhaps because, you know, now, now it exposes uh, certain aspects of, of the industry that, sure. you know, just weren't sure. there. So I, I was wondering what you thought about, like, you know, any, any of these newer talents coming up, um, if it would be possible for them to, you know, come up without social media. You know, and, and what I'm thinking about <laughs> is uh, – I'm thinking about like Roman Reigns. He's not that good on social media. And I remember when Braun Strowman, the picture, you know, when they were um, in their rivalry, um, the picture came up with like, you know, these two arm in arm, right? And these are like two guys who, when, I, when I'm looking at TV, I don't feel like they should have social media at all. Braun Strowman's a monster among men. What's a monster doing, you know, on That's, any social media? I've been platform? saying that for a long time. I know. And I agree with you. And here's the thing, my friend. First off, as far as living a gimmick, I'm a firm believer in it. I've talked about it a lot. I've done it. I've lived the gimmick for a long time uh, when I was Taz, the human suplex machine, and and it pissed off most of the wrestlers that I shared a locker room with. You know, but the guy I worked for loved it. And um uh and 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 
uh, he made a lot of money and I made a lot of money. And and I, I, I never got in this business to make friends. I never got in the business to make enemies, but I wasn't, my goal wasn't to make friends. My goal was to get over. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was Ric Flair's goal was to get over. And a lot of guys from his generation or my generation, or even the generation before Rick, where guys really lived a gimmick. Now I'm a believer in living a gimmick. Okay. Now here's the thing. Um, uh, as far as today, I think you asked the question about social media. Yes. I do think that a ton of these young wrestlers can get over without social media. To be honest, it'd make them better. Um, but I do think that you can use social media to accentuate your character also. So there's a plus and negative there. And I think a lot of these young talents use that. Look, you can use, like, I remember back in the day, John, I had to find dates to get booked, you know, to, promoters to use me. This is before I went to ECW. Dude, yeah. you had to go to the mail, send out a VHS tape, send, send a VHS tape, send out an 8 by 10 photo, you had to send a resume, and you had to wait for response. There was no email. There was no fucking direct message on Twitter. There was no, hey, I'll follow this wrestling promotion so they follow me back and they see who I am. There was none of that. So in that regard, I think it's a lot easier for the kids today to get awareness to promoters and promotions on who they are. And John, thank you for calling, my friend. But I do think that my generation, and what I had to do, like, we had to really... It, it builds a lot of character when it takes a long time to make it and to get there. And that you, I don't want to be that, that, well, I used to walk to school uphill in the snow with a duffel bag on my, you know, that routine. I know that's what I sound like. And I guess I do. Dennis, do I sound like that? Uh, no, because technology's evolved. It's just, it, it's the nature of how things are done now. It's not like you, you're not saying like, Oh, I had a tougher. You're saying, here's what I had to do then. Now, right. if I was a wrestler currently, I would do this. Right. What I had to do and the guys from my day and age, I, it, I believe it builds character because it took a long time to, unless you had a good connection, a good political in, which I didn't have. Um, then you could get, you know, it built character in me. Because once it took me a long time to make it, but once I made it, I wasn't letting go of it because it took, and I had a chip on my shoulder, you know, because it took me so long to get there and, and, and I, I, I was, Paranoid of anybody trying to take it from me and defensive. Now, I'm getting off the topic. The social media thing, <clears throat> I, do, I do think people can get over today without it if they are already in WWE. Like he said, uh, Roman Reigns, I, I think it's unfair to say Roman, now that I'm thinking about it after I hung up with the guy, but because Roman has got this massive push for so long with WWE, he's making a lot of money. He's he could he could suck ass on social media and no one's gonna give a fuck in WWE and Roman Reigns shouldn't give a shit. You know why? He's a main guy. <laughs> and every talent on that roster, yeah, they're not all making the money Roman's making, but they're made. They're under contract. They once you get there, your 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 followers go up to a million, over a million, two million, because of the the awareness of you and and the, the penetration WWE programming has. It helps you, your brand as the wrestler. Boom, it blows up. You know, you could suck ass on social media and it don't matter. You think Vince McMahon is getting upset at Roman or somebody else because you're not good on social media? He don't give a shit. You know, he don't care about that. Yeah, maybe Stephanie and Hunter know how important it is, but it's not the end or be all. When you fuck up on social media and say something stupid or put your foot in your mouth if you work for them and get in trouble on there or, you know, that's a different story. Okay, 
that's a different story. Now you used it in a bad way where you got yourself some heat, like most of these pro athletes do. Um, but otherwise, no, I, I don't think you need, if you're in the WWE, who gives a shit about social media at the end of the day, unless the office is telling you, hey, let's use this for an angle, let's create some kind of buzz, let's do something like that, you know, that's a different story. <clears throat> I don't think you need it. Now, if you're not in WWE, <clears throat> I do think social media is vital for a young wrestler. And you could it could help you become more popular and could help you become an internet darling, an internet sensation where promoters are going to look to book you. Uh, 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 you know, guys that are doing appearances are going to look to book you for signings. And you don't need WWE. You could We've had guests on the show here of talents that are not in WWE and they're happy as a pig and shit because they could do what they want and just use social. The, the, the Bullet Club is all about social media. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, really. Uh, Everything that, that they do is, is, sure, their success in, in Ring of Honor and New Japan. I know about all that, but they're social media studs, man, okay? And, and, and Cody Rhodes and these guys, they, they don't, you know, they, they're utilizing it. You know, we just had Madison Rain on, her too. I mean, like, you know, people know how to use, you can use it now to get booked and to grow your brand. And you don't, I don't want to say you don't need WWE, but you almost really don't. You know, but if you're in WWE, you, you don't, you're at that point, you're a made guy or girl who gives a shit about social media. I'm not saying they do that, but that's almost the attitude you could have. Believe me, I don't want to, social media is a huge part of my business. What I do, obviously, uh, for the Taz show and everything, and for my brand, I have to. Uh, and I have people that help me with my social media. It's not just me. And the thing is, like, I would have, Frank, I hate it. I, 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 I don't want to do any of it. But then there's times where I love communicating with a lot of you guys, fans, and and that part I like. But as far as the whole, this, the whole aura of Twitter and all this, it just it's just like, you know, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I got to keep doing it because it's good for business for me. I have to, but you know, otherwise I'm good. Are we good here on the Skype? There you go, Dennis. Are. What happened? Glitch, I guess. Uh, but did, did I just go on like a five-minute rant that nobody heard it? No, no, no. It was like three seconds. You just went blank. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, Christian in Texas, you're on a Taz show. What's up, buddy? Hey, Taz, how you doing? Good. All right. <laughs> I have a question. I have I have something to tell you about the uh, Aces and A's promo that you did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is it just me? I don't know if you watched it or not. But you looked kind of small compared to the other guys that were standing Jesus right in Christ. back of you. You know why, Christian? Because they were uh, fucking six foot six and six foot eight. <laughs> okay. How tall are you, Christian? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's early morning for me, dude. I don't. I don't know. Christian, I ask you a simple question. You don't know how tall you are. Okay, what time of morning it is? You don't even know what how tall you are. No, I don't really care how tall I am. How tall are you? Dennis, ask him how tall. Maybe he'll answer you. Christian, are you <laughs> b above six feet? No, I'm pretty small. I'm like 115 pounds. 115 okay. or 150? Like, like 150. Oh, you're 150 pounds. Yeah. I was 150 pounds when I was in fifth grade. Um, Dennis was 150 pounds at two years old. Out, out of the womb. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you want to know what? You want, you just called the show and you've called before to tell me that the Aces and Eights 
were all much bigger than me? Is that your your premise of being on hold for the whole fucking time here, bro? To say that, really, dude? Uh, no, I was just, you know, I was just, you know. Oh, dude, how long have you been on hold? How long you been on hold? Since the beginning of the show started, dude. Okay, so you've been on hold for two over two hours. We're in Fifth Quarter City, just to say to me that the Aces and Eights guys looked a lot taller than me. Okay, well, you can you name some of the guys that were in Aces and Eights? God, dude, I know Bully Ray was one of them. And- Right. That's six. That's okay. Let's go right there. Bully Ray, six four. Who else? Gallows, six yeah, seven. Yeah. Who else? Let's see. Um, Garrett Bischoff. Uh, six one. Uh, Mitchell oh, he, Garrett Bischoff. Wait a minute. Was he in there? Devon was there. Devon was like uh, like six. Devon's like six two. All right, thanks for calling, Christian. Um, yeah. I mean, that, why am I even wasting time talking about this? Uh, anyway, so we're in fifth quarter city here, you know, and that's the deal. So, uh, uh, Dennis, is there anything on your mind you need to say? I want to talk a little football. I'm, I'm rolling along. I'm late here. There's a lot. I got people. I, my friends are all on social media. I got all my people my there on, on Facebook are... Live. What's that? What? My friends are all on social media. <laughs> James Dorado on Facebook Live. The ball's on this kid. Exactly. Jeez. Uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Why would you stay on hold? I... <laughs> For that one. <laughs> Who's the guest call screen today? Is it Pat McGroin? Uh, I don't want to rat him out, but... I'm Pat McGroin. I'm a simple man and the best of what we got. Woo! Oh, man. Would you be my <laughs> son, guy? <laughs> oh, man. I know we got to put the metal to the pedal and kick it up. Oh my god! I, I don't understand. A guy is 150 pounds, and he's, he can't even tell me his height because it's too early. I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I am not. A, I'm not a tall guy. I think that's well documented. I'm. My driver's license says I'm. I think I'm five nine, I, which has given me a little. I'm probably a little bit over five eight. Um, hey Tez, but, I saw. I saw you at an airport one time, standing next to Shaq. You looked really small. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, why? I don't understand. I just, I don't understand. No, like, it's it's, the second it came out of his mouth, I just, I was just, people have been obsessed with like my height, dude, for years. I'm 50 years old, and I still have people talking about it. It's so sad that for these people, oh my lord, I've been uh, my whole career. I've probably hovered between 240 pounds and 255 pounds. You know, at five eight, five nine. You know, and I think I held it pretty well the bulk of my career. Uh, you would think if you said, uh, oh, that guy's 5'8 and he's 255, you would say, oh, he's got to be a fat motherfucker. You know what I mean, Dennis, right? Wouldn't you think that? I can't think of anybody specifically. <laughs> so so the thing is, though, like, you know, I don't know, man. I, I used to love when Paul would tell me, um, like, cut promos, like, tell people I told you. Dude, just say it, man. You, I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I used to love doing that. You know, I'm 5'8", I'm fucking, I'm 248 pounds, I'm fucking, I used to love it. I used to love doing that. I loved it, that he would allow me to say that. Because for a long time in the business, you had to like, if you weren't like tall, you had to hide it. Guys were wearing lifts in their boots without naming names. Yours truly never done that, and that's a shoot. I was so confident in my abilities and who I was as a talent for a good chunk of my career, I wrestled barefoot. 
And the funny thing is, Dennis, though all the years I wrestled as a Tasmaniac barefoot, I never had anyone say anything to me about my height, ever. And then once I became the human suplex machine Taz, I started wearing boots, which gave me maybe a, a, a three quarters of an inch in height. People are like, oh, you're not that tall. Where the fuck were you when I was barefoot, you scumbag? <laughs> Oh. Uh, that was good. John Scallo, how tall are you? Private with a question mark. Is this your friend, Joe Scallo? That's your friend, isn't it? That is, that's your boy, ain't it? He is, yes. The fuck is his problem? Was it in all caps? No. What's private mean? You better text your little boy yet. Uh, I got to figure out what that meant. He's going to get banned from the show. Actually, he just got banned. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Holy Jesus! Anyway, I, you know, I wanted—I had some college football chatter, but I—I'm I, running late here. Things were going so well too. Madison was great. You guys' conversation was don't, awesome. Don't, don't do that! Don't do that! Everything is going great. Don't be negative. Okay, things are going no. great. I, what? <sighs> Oh, I got confirmation. It was a quote from Full Metal Jacket. I have no idea what you're talking about. My buddy. Oh, 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 oh. private. I say private. He needs to be better in his explanation. He's unbanned. We just lift the band on Joe Scott. <laughs> Thomas Hartley, Dennis, is a nine to fiver. Nine fiver. You know what that means, right? You know what he called you? Yes. The J word. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, I guess that's it. How about your well, bills? If anybody, to, if anybody wants to call the show Monday and stay on hold for over two hours to tell me that guys that are six foot eight made me look small, go for it. <laughs> Stand next to Gallows. I mean, a, a, unless you're like LeBron James, you're not going to look that big. He makes Anderson look small, and Anderson's got to be six something, right? Anderson's six one, six foot. Small's a really bad word to use. Um, you know, if you're saying not tall, that's different. I mean, Anderson, like you know, he, he, he's a two hundred and forty pound guy, six foot six one. At that time, I mean, I wasn't in ring shape. I was probably 255, 60 pounds, not training like I was. Yeah, I wasn't tall, but I mean, I was well over 240 pounds. I got a guy calling me that's 150 pounds talking shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got an audio producer that 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 when he was christened, he was 150 pounds. How tall are you? Oh, I'm about 150 pounds. Yeah. Well, he stumbled first. He couldn't even tell me that. Oh, uh, that was... <laughs> Saints and Bills Sunday. Yeah, I know. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. I am. I'm worried. That's why I'm trying to deflect all of it. I don't want to really talk about it. But I'm concerned. It's bad. It's bad. I'm concerned. I really am. I'm concerned. I, I don't like to say it. And be, I want to be positive for my team, but I'm worried. They're good, man. They're good, the Saints. Uh, we're playing home, which is nice. I mean, they're sitting at 6-2. and two. They're legit. Tell you what, though, the Jets, watch the Jets bounce back and beat this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team down in Tampa, too. The Jets, dude, they're making a lot of noise. So much for a JV team, dumbass. That's what you called. <laughs> the Jets yeah. are going to win this week. Yeah. 
What's his name? James Giants. The Giants, I hope they're not embarrassed. I think they're going to lose to the Niners. Oh, though, the dude. Giants are definitely Niners. losing to the Niners. Niners are 0-9, bro. 0-9. About to be 1-9. McAdoo, thanks for coming on Monday. <sighs> Gone. Gone. Anthony's Broncos, they got to they host the Patriots. And how are you feeling about this game, bro? Seriously, give me something. Um, I'm not feeling confident. We do usually, like, Brady struggles in Denver, but this team is bad, so I don't expect much. I think it's going to be, like, 41 to, th- like, 12, something weird there. Uh, don't be so negative. Have a little brain power for once with your team, for Christ's sake. I just get, like, listen, they, the Patriots are don't play well in Denver, but this is a bad team. We don't have a quarterback, and it's been a rough sports year for me, so it's just all piling uh, on. Brother, I'm a Met fan with you. Stump my groin. You. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, a little college football chat. I, I was talking a little bit throughout the show about like, when I was talking to Madison Rain. Uh, she's a Buckeyes fan. I was saying that's going to be a good game right there at the Horseshoe. Michigan State will enter Columbus, Ohio, play Ohio State. That's 12 noon tomorrow. That's a good Big Ten game, number 12 versus number 13. Both teams real good. I'm going to get a little prediction here. i got to be honest. I think Michigan State wins this game. If anyone in the room disputes, say now or forever hold your peace. I dispute just because Ohio State's coming off a loss. Mm. Dude, um, have you watched Michigan State play this year? Because I have. Yeah, Michigan State's uh, – look, it wouldn't surprise me if they won, but I just think, I think Ohio State wins. All right, All right. we'll see. I think that's going to be an upset because they're playing in Columbus. Penn State hosts uh, Rutgers tomorrow also at 12 noon. I think Penn State wins that easily. Got Oklahoma State going to Ohio, uh, going to Iowa State. That's a pretty good game. And speaking of the uh, Big 12-ish uh, t- uh, gimmick here, we got um, well, we got a big one at night tomorrow night. You got TCU going into Norman to play the Oklahoma Sooners. Six versus five. TCU's ranked six. Oklahoma's ranked five. Uh, Dennis, I know you're an Oklahoma fan. Jim Ross, obviously, uh, true and true Sooner. Um, I think TCU's defense gives you guys a hard time, bro. Their defense. Look, they're the best defense in the Big 12, which is like saying, oh, well, he's uh, you know he's the guy in best shape at the fat farm. You know what I mean? I was going to so. say tallest midget since we were talking about height. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're obsessed with height. And actually, the M word, I think, is uh, not a PC word you should use on the air, to be honest with you. Tallest short person. That, that just doesn't yeah. sound good. Oh, yeah. Not a height person, they call it. Not a height <laughs> The tallest, not a height person. No, TCU's defense does scare me. Yeah, man, their defense is legit. So you guys going to have a hard time there, I think. I mean, I don't know. Baker Mayfield's on fire, though. I think you guys are going to look good there in Oklahoma. It's going to be a good game. There's a lot of good games tomorrow. Notre Dame versus Miami is another great game, and and, uh, the Fighting Irish go down to play the Canes uh, tomorrow night. A lot of good games, man. Uh, Miami's defensive line, bro, yo, they are legit. Their D-line is legit, but I think Miami wins. I'm sorry, I think Notre Dame gives them a scare, but I think Miami wins. So, uh, oh, you yeah. know, home field, I do. I think Miami's going to win the game. I do. At home, playing in that building, it's tough. And that defense, that, I, oh, yeah, I don't. what, what are you getting obsessed with the rankings that, that Notre Dame's three and what, Miami's seven? Who gives no, a shit about that? Yeah, I, no, I'm with you there. The rankings don't mean much to me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just Notre Dame, their only loss was to Georgia by one uh, point. And they are running the ball. They're they're averaging like over like 270 yards rushing a game. It's like they, they're not running the ball well. against this D line, bro. Not against the, the Miami defensive line. They ain't running the ball like that. I'm telling you right now. Watch the game. 
Watch the game. I will. Okay. Um, Pat McGroin, a big college football fan. Uh, can I get some confirmation, Pat? Are you a college football fan? He said, I like to watch Big Ten. <laughs> He's like me. Maybe I should take Pat to my uh, cigar lounge, uh, watch listening. some Big Ten football, and, and teach him how to smoke a cigar. Pat, welcome to the Taz Show. Hi, thank you. I'd have to shoot live video of that whole thing, though. Uh, yep. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> Woo! That's what he would yell when, he, when he'd, play. he'd puff, and then he would just, whoo. Dude, he wouldn't puff. He'd cough. He would be smoking a Imagine him smoking a cigar. Actually, he's smoked a cigar. Pat, get in the studio. I got to wrap up here. Let's, <laughs> let's end the weekend with Pat McGroin. Get Pat in the studio. Pat McGroin, ladies and gentlemen, turn his mic on. Don't let him sit in my chair. Turn him Bring Pat McGroin in. Pat McGroin, failed politician. His cousin Tug is running amok as the, the lead politician as a senator in New Jersey. Pat, welcome. Where are you, Pat? He's coming. Where's Pat? He's coming. But give me a wide shot. Let's go. Spitball. Eh, eh, I got nothing. I got a live shot, but nobody. Oh, there he is. Pat McGrath, wide shot. That's why you got to watch the video. The intro music. Don't sit in my chair, Pat. He's going to have to do the squat again. Take a knee. No, Tell no, him to take no, a knee. Pat, this one. Take a knee. Tell him to take a knee. He's putting headsets on this time. He does it first. Pat. Pat. Welcome to the Taz Show. Hi, thanks. Uh, Pat, so uh, rumor has it, I've heard through the grapevine that you're a Big Ten college football fan. I do. I like to watch the Big Ten. Uh, Me too. Um, What would you say your favorite team in the Big Ten is? Um, I like to watch Nebraska. You are a hack. I mean, they're not you know, they're not husband. good this year, but they've been good the last couple of years. I mean, but the Big Ten's good. Ohio State. Um, I like to see Rutgers lose too. I like to see Rutgers lose. Yeah. Okay. They can't lose enough for me. You have heat. Why you tried to get into that school and they didn't accept you? Um, I did not get in Rutgers, but um, I went to at the time they were a Big East school, and I went to a rival Big East school. Can you, you tell mean, me what school you went to? Uh, Senior Hall. <laughs> really they don't have college? a football team, but, um, you know. They have a really, listen, Pat, let me basketball. talk. They have a really good baseball program for a long time, Seton Hall. Uh, the captain that used to be the producer of the Taz show. Buy a hat. He is a Seton Hall grad. You know, uh, Brian, uh, crying Brian, you know, he is a Seton Hall grad, right? That's true. Video Brian, the former uh, video producer of the Taz Show, he's a Seton Hall grad. I see the problem with the success of this division of CBS Radio and where they're recruiting from. I think I see a pattern. Okay. Uh, Pat, um, how are things going? You're a couple days after losing. Uh, Yesterday was it inspiring that we spitballed a lot of different new concepts. Um, I think... Things are going good. Just relaxing and uh, try to look ahead to next year. On that note, I hope everybody enjoyed the Taz show today. And uh, and thank you, Woo! Madison Rain. Thank you, Madison Rain, for being a guest today on the Taz show. Much appreciated. Everybody on Facebook Live, thank you, guys. I love you. Okay? Appreciate the love there. Everybody who called into the show, thank you for calling the show very much. Appreciate the, all the love on social media. 
Look, without you guys, there is no Taz show. Share the show. Spread the show. Talk about the show. Tell everyone about the show. Most importantly, buy merchandise for the show. Okay? That's the key. Buy a hat. On that note, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, college football and enjoy uh, pro football this weekend. Have a safe weekend. Have fun. All right? Guys, thank you, everyone. I'm Taz. You're not. Talk to you Monday.